my handwriting has gotten horrible over these last several years. I don't even want to talk about my handwriting. I can't take notes to save my life. That's why these note apps help me sometimes. I like having a pen and paper. I get you, but it's also, I do like the fact that as my eyes are getting shot, I can, uh, you know, enlarge the, the, the font on the, the, the tablet. So, so let's say, um, how do you want to tackle this? You want to go episode by episode? You want to just kind of do a blanket statement, save our blanket statement for the end? How do you want to do this? I kind of want to do it episode by episode because the first one intrigues me of the look and stuff and stuff that I had read about the first episode. Okay. So it's Wanda. It's the Scarlet Witch. It's Vision. Vic Sage? Victor Stone? What's his uh, shoot name? They just call him Vision. Right. They call him Vision in the show, but I know the comics when he would become like human, uh, he would... uh, I think the name you you just used though was Cyborg. So it was Oh yeah, yeah. But I, I think don't know what... Vision has a shoot name. Alright, I'll look it up while you're talking. So um this is a fifties sitcom, the first episode. Right. Uh right down to the gimmick where they walk through the front door, and by walk through I mean Vision phases through the front door leaves Wanda outside, opens the door back up to carry her across the threshold, and the ottoman is there, not unlike Dick Van Dyke would do something different, trip over, avoid, or whatever, at the beginning of the Dick Van Dyke show, but Vision just phases right through it. Victor Shade, by the way. Victor Shade. I knew it was something, right? Right. I'd like, I'd Vic, or Victor, or Vince, or Vic Venom, I don't know. Right, but let's stop right here, because you mentioned this. Dick Van Dyke. The Dick Van Dyke show, they just stole the set for Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> Go watch an old Dick Van Dyke. It had the kitchen with the with the doors that would open with the counter and the way the couches were set up and the ottoman and the door with the step. Like you said, he would trip over it every week. And they brought in Dick Van Dyke to, to consult on this episode to do 50s comedy. <sighs> They see, I, didn't dig, I didn't dig that deep into it, but bless you for doing so. Right. So basically he, they, they, and people kind of asked him and he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, so what was the, 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 the gist of what you're doing? And he said, the gist of everything that we did on the Dick Van Dyke show was if it couldn't happen in real life, the plot now you couldn't, we didn't want anything to do with it. There was no like, you know, strangeness. And he goes, and in the end, like they, they try to take out, like, obviously, the coming through the door and something's up with they're in this 50s comedy. But the story that they did where Vision gets a new job and he doesn't understand what they do. all Everything that's normal in that is kind of like, like, I don't know how much Dick Van Dyke helped with it, but, like, it was because of what the road he told them to go on. And I'm going to jump ahead to episode two because the house completely changes for episode two. Yes. So, but then they kind of go to Bewitched for episode two, but we'll get to that in a minute. But so I just find it fascinating that they brought in Dick Van Dyke, who does have a history with Disney, man. So, you know, it was probably, they still had him on retainer. I hope that that gets um, Dick Van Dyke a cameo or at least a speaking role in an upcoming Marvel film, just for a paycheck. 
I bet you they threw him a ton of money too, just as a as a make good, not a make good, but like you know, as hey, you were in a what was the movie he was in, the famous one for Disney? My brain, Mary is, Poppins. Mary Poppins. So, so I'll say it's one thing to get uh, a nice consulting fee, but it's a nice thing to get a royalty check from Avengers Six. That is true. <laughs> that is true. But I just want to say. Um, not trying to be morbid or anything. Get How many that. royalty checks is he getting? Right. Get on that. Because do you know how old Dick Van Dyke is? He's 90-something or other. 95 years old. I was going to say 97. Um, so I, I kind of hope that he makes an appearance in WandaVision as something. But uh, just because he, he consulted. But it's also hard to to get. Like, I know we're not even on the TV show yet. But to... To uh, to get him to come and do an appearance with everything going on, you know, what I mean, like you don't want Dick Van Dyke out in the out in the world. Like I don't know how they brought him in, whether it was a Zoom meeting or whatever for that, you know. But then again, this might have started uh, writing before COVID, right? Or at least filming or something, right? Well, his thing—he was probably there before they even filmed an ounce because it was the the, the first episode. Mm-hmm. But anyway. So I just so, thought you might find that interesting. I did. That was very interesting. I didn't, like I said, I didn't dig that deep into it. You know, I'm glad some, one of us did. Yeah. Occasionally, I'm worth my salt. But so again, it's a '50s sitcom. It just happens to have two superpowered characters in it. They're fish out of water. They're doing their best to hide their abilities and fit in, and that's the whole premise of everything: is to fit in. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they look at the calendar and they see that above today is a heart. <laughs> yep. And they can't figure out why. And they're both trying to figure out why there's a heart above today's date. Well, we'll worry about it later. The vision goes off to work at his job, which is computing solutions. Yes, yeah, something. Even he doesn't know. I'll, uh, and you know. nobody could really explain what it is either. Mm-hmm. So while he's off to work, Agnes, the nosy neighbor, comes over. And she helps Wanda figure out that this day must be their anniversary. Mm-hmm. And she gives Wanda some pointers and some advice of what to do for a man for their anniversary in the 50s. Mm-hmm. But at work, the vision figures out that the reason there's a heart on the calendar was <laughs> in my absolute favorite trope from sitcoms is you're bringing your boss home to work for dinner. From work mm-hmm. to prepare him dinner. And, and we have to... the establishing thing that the previous employee that he came over, it was only a five-course meal, and he's being fired from the computing solutions job. Yes. Everything must go right when you bring the boss home to dinner. Nothing can go wrong. Right. Can't make a souffle that falls flat or anything else like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So Vision calls home to give Wanda the heads up that it's the boss coming home for dinner. But Wanda cuts him off of saying, no, no, I know what it is. And Todd, wouldn't you know it, this married couple has a misunderstanding. A miscommunication in a sitcom? How original. (laughs) That leads to a hilarious situation. Right, right. So the boss comes in and Wanda is in her, I would say, frilliest 50s lingerie. Right, right. And she has a candle lit. And a single solitary chocolate-covered strawberry. <laughs> Which is fantastic. That's going to be split four ways later, Joe. <laughs> <But anyway. laughs> 
So Vision is doing his best to distract things. Agnes comes over and she and because of course, what 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 wife worth her salt doesn't have a five course meal ready to go at the drop of a hat? Right. So in the attempts to speed things up, Wanda is using her magic. The ch- the chicken gets overdone, so she tries to reverse it back, and it becomes eggs. Uh, don't forget about the lobsters. Lobsters <laughs> fly out the window. The lobsters fly out the window. So they decide to have breakfast for dinner, and this is where things take a turn. I just oh, got did I response. mention during the course of this, Todd? There's a commercial for the Toastmate 2000 from Stark yeah. Industries, right? Which is a very ominous commercial, and I fig- I think I figured out why, but go ahead. Okay, very ominous, very interesting, very odd that it's thrown in there. Okay, because so, I'm going to mention... Uh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go do it now. And I'm going to mention because there's a commercial in the second episode, too, so I'm going to kind of... what it's The only reason... What? That one's a little bit more ominous. Right, but it's it's all things that relate to Wanda's life. So they have the Stark Toastmaker 2000 that's sitting there beeping. And, like, you're like, what's it going to do? Like, is it going to explode? Is that what you were thinking kind of a deal? Or, like, something weird is going to happen? It's because of the fact that when Wanda and and her brother uh, Quicksilver were kids, their origin story was one of Tony Stark's weapons dropped on our house in Sokovia and killed our parents. And while we were stuck in the rubble, another one landed and we had to wait two days while, uh, we were somebody to come and help. And every moment we were sitting there staring at that thing that said Tony Stark on the side, whether or not it was going to explode and kill us like our parents. And then the second one is the Strucker watch which is Strucker created them using the whatever. So I do believe as if they do more commercials, they're all going to be to Wanda's past. I don't know if that, you know, if that's like makes any sense to you, but that's my take on what's going on with those commercials. I, I I like your uh, theory. Okay. But yeah, so we, I was, I, I, I'm just like, Ooh, these are going to be something. I don't have enough information to formulate an opinion on them. Right. I didn't have it in the first one. In the second one, it kind of seemed to fall into. Now, whether or not I'm right, we'll see. Okay. Oh, and I forgot to mention that the boss's wife, and again, I forget the actress's name, but it's Kitty from that 70s show. Which is, she's fantastic in this. But like right. you said, it does take a, a darker turn because I, I do get goosebumps. And the, the boss ends up choking and it becomes like a dark scene while they're just sitting there. And like, Wanda's like, what do we do? Vision, save him. And he does the whole thing through the neck. And gets it out. But even during this, like, it's uncomfortable because the boss is asking questions that they don't have answers to. Like, when did they get married? When, where did they come from? Like, How come they don't that, have kids? Yep. All things that I think Wanda is, you know, like, burying. Like, doesn't want to. And she's affecting things somehow. But he ends up saving her. And then everything's all right. And they they leave the, the dinner party with Vision getting a raise. Like, all sitcom-y stuff, except for this moment in time where things take a dark, dark turn. And it ends up like, like, cause Vision did a, a song to distract the boss and it gives them like all these yeah, backstory. Yeah. yeah. Gives them all these backstory things that they need. Like, okay, well today will become our anniversary. And they end up making rings cause they don't have rings. And I'm like, okay, is it Wanda filling in the backstory as we go? You know what I mean? I don't know, but. Okay. Or is it someone programming this into Wanda? 
Mm-hmm. Or is this someone programming this into the vision? Right. But, um, okay, so you mentioned about the ominous scene where the boss chokes, okay? Mm-hmm. So the dinner party is going poorly up until this point. And the boss starts to choke on a piece of food. And at this point, everyone kind of freezes. Wanda says, help him. But then Kitty, again, the boss's wife, turns and looks directly at Wanda and says, help him. Mm-hmm. And she appears in the second episode without the boss. So she's just one of the people that's at the talent show, right? Okay, I didn't notice that. All right. Okay. So I think she is something. She's going to end up being a piece that moves things along the story. Mm -hmm. Um, But as soon as Vision uses his powers, saves the boss, he gets up, says, what a wonderful dinner party. Uh, uh, Kitty makes no mention of what just happens and acts like everything is perfectly normal. Right. And then my favorite joke, I popped hard, Joe was when they opened up the door to leave and the flying lobster was the door knocker that had landed on the door. I I cracked up. I just I just loved it. And the, the wife was like, oh, that's very Sokovia, an interesting door knocker. But yes, like, and then everything seems to go back into place kind of a deal. So we go to second episode and now wait, it's like the early 60s. Wait, before you go further. Oh, go ahead. The episode ends, which, and I'm going to go back to in a minute, uh, is the episode ends with the Wanda thing kind of on a TV with somebody like, seems like they're talking into a microphone trying to get somebody's attention, like in the TV. And on the tablet, and this comes later in the second episode, is the emblem on the tablet, and it'll be on the helicopter later, for S.W.O.R.D., uh, which was an offshoot of S.H.I.E.L.D. So something weird's going on there. Do you know what sword is? Not trying yes, to be. Yes, that's like oh. with shield. Those were the guys that went through time. No, sword was the people that defended Earth against alien a- attacks. So they were kind of like any sentient being. I forget what it stood for, but it was like Captain Marvel was in charge of it for the last couple of years. It's like, oh, there's an invasion force. Swords our first line of defense. And that makes me think that something's going on with that because there's a scene earlier where like, and I, I know we're jumping all over the place, where when Vision first shows up, Scarlet Witch is using her powers to clean the, the kitchen and he gets hit in the head with a dish and it shatters and Vision, uh, Wanda literally says, there's my husband Vision with his indestructible head, which is a clue because Vision doesn't have one. Thanos ripped it open to get the gem, not a stone, the gem. And then he says, and I think this is a clue because everybody's focusing on the, the, the head indestructible thing. Vision says something very important. And there's my wife, Scarlet Witch, and her flying saucers. And she goes, ah, you're so funny. And she puts the saucer back together and puts it on the shelf. And I'm like... I think Wanda's somehow part of S.W.O.R.D. defending against aliens or something. Whatever's going on, she's part of S.W.O.R.D. So I don't, another A lot of clues. A lot of clues. Yes. Sorry. A lot of dangling threads. No, no. Listen, you're picking up on a lot more stuff than I'm picking up on. Okay. I just don't want to seem like, you know, know, I might be going down some Charlie paths looking for Pepe Silva. You know what I mean? So episode two. Uh, early 60s, more of a bewitched opening, which was fantastic. Yep, and more of a bewitched storyline. 
Yes. And this is where we notice the house is slightly different because now there's a staircase coming down in the middle of the living room. Yes, well, the house is completely different because now the kitchen's on the left instead of the right. right. Yeah. So, but the staircase most noticeable, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, so both have their own separate things to do uh, where Wanda is going to go off to meet with the... Garden Society for the talent show that they're putting on. Oh no, they're practicing their magic act that they're going to do at the uh, the talent show. Right. While, but earlier on, they were scared by a tree branch. Yeah. So Vision is going to go off and do like uh, figure out like what is it the the where you where you watch the town? What is it the the people the neighborhood watch? Neighborhood watch. He's going to try and get some some good ideas, and that becomes very Avengery. But yeah, so that's the plot of this episode. So they all they the two of them go off their separate ways, but as Wanda's leaving, in the bushes outside the house, she finds like a toy helicopter. But it's not just any toy helicopter; it's in color because they're all in black and white. Yeah, very Pleasantville at this point. Yes. So again, red flag. She's confused. This seems off. Also, and I said it before, the the helicopter has the sword logo on it too. Oh, okay. See, I didn't even notice that. Yep. So they're sitting around at the neighborhood watch and the men are all gossiping about this, that, and the other thing. There's a couple like very sly innuendo jokes in there. Mm-hmm. And Vision to fit in says, I've got some, I've got a secret to share too. Norm is a communist. <laughs> right. Out of nowhere. But I don't mm-hmm. think that's just out of nowhere. I think there's a reason for that. I do too. I think everything is a reason, to tell you the truth. Right. And obviously the vision, uh, the way that he carries himself, the way that he acts, he's an android, he doesn't need to eat. Um, and like there's a whole bit where it's like, no, no, I, I don't like to eat in between the meals where I eat the meals away from you or something like that, you know? <laughs> right. He's like, yes, I don't. That's a great moment. But they offer him gum and to they fit offer- in. <laughs> Oh my god. And Joe, it gets inside. And do you know what the gum does? It gums up his works, Joe. <laughs> and apparently, according to this episode, the vision is run by two cogs that are inside of his belly. And if they get screwed up, he becomes drunk. Right. So that's our whole thing for the vision now. While at the Garden Society or whatever it is, you have the lead woman Dottie. Mm-hmm. And all the other women kind of co-tow to her. They follow her lead. They clap when she says to clap. And for how long that she says for them to clap for, they all repeat in unison with her for the children. Hail Hydra. Um, what? What? <laughs> uh, and Wanda is kind of striking up a side conversation with Rhonda, who seems to be not so much involved with whatever Dottie is into, but like, she's kind of just playing along a bit here, or I'm sorry, Geraldine. I said Rhonda, uh, Geraldine. Mm-hmm. The Rhonda thing is the song that comes on when she, when Wanda is talking to Dottie and through the radio, help me Rhonda by the beach boys comes on, but it starts changing into help me Wanda, which I just got goosebumps again. It's like the dinner scene. It gets really intense. Yes. Really intense because and Dottie, Kind of sort of says she knows what's going on. 
She knows Wanda's hiding something. And she knows Wanda's trying to fit in. And at some point... Now, how does Dottie get her hand cut? Again, I forget. I think she smashes... She crushes the glass. And it, and it cuts her hand. And it's it, and it's blood in color. It's red mm-hmm. blood. Mm-hmm. And Wanda kind of freaks out because someone's bleeding, but it's also red blood in a black and white world. And Dottie says, and I'm going to get the quote wrong, um, about any good housewife knows how to get blood out of linens. Mm-hmm. And then she says like something like you get rid of it or something like that. I forget the exact quote, but the scene with Dottie again becomes very ominous because Dottie seems like she knows something that's going on. Right. So we get to the, te- oh, we, the we we have the, the commercial, as Todd mentioned before, with the, for the Strucker watch. Again, more ominous stuff. Why are these commercials in here? Why are they for stuff that seems to be something for Wanda's past or what have you? Mm-hmm. Um. And we get to the talent show. And what are Wanda Envision's names in the talent show? It's like illusion and, and glamour, which illusion were actually glamour, which were actually mutants in the Wanda and Vision Maxi series. They went to see uh, a magic act that two mutants were like, "Oh, we have these powers, and we can." you know, like use them, like we could trick people with them and everybody will think it is magic. So I, I found that amusing because that's one of the few things that I actually remember. I didn't read a lot of Marvel at the time, but I did read a lot of that uh, WandaVision maxi series. So Vision, is his works are gummed up. <laughs> we know this, but he's just appearing to be drunk because of this. <laughs> and he's just kind of exposing the business of magic the entire time. <laughs> and it's Wanda's job to use her magic to explain away why vision is floating why you know people are just popping in randomly uh mm-hmm. into the into the shop where they shouldn't be like trying to do her best using her powers not to expose that they have powers right. while the vision is drunk and is unknowingly attempting to expose them and every time he's done doing anything he says flourish Yes, flourish. Yes, I was cracking up at that, that, and uh, the fact that um, I, you know, how they do smoke and mirrors and stuff to distract you. I was mostly distracted by Wanda's costume during the show. Ah, yes, <laughs> I, I will say that was an interest, and it was very like like sixties, like like whatever. Like I could like go into it, but I was like, okay, that's a really interesting look for her. But I do like the fact that like, he's like when he flies and he levitates and she uses her magic and it's the rope. And the one guy's like, Oh look, there's a, there's a rope. I'm like, yes, it's a giant crane rope. Like, I don't know how you're missing it as obviously it wasn't there before that. And the piano bit where vision lifts the piano. Cause he's strong. And she's like, Oh, like, let me get that from you. And she grabs it and it's, she turns it sideways and it's, cardboard and the guy's like oh, this is my grandmother's piano I cracked up like the jokes land in this when right. they have and that and that guy was the guy who got fired for having the bad dinner with the boss in the previous episode right he's like he's like the gill of WandaVision <laughs> but so they keep cutting the shots of the different people in the town 
you know, watching the talent show, and it appears to be for the children, but there's no children there, okay? Um, and like I said, Kitty from episode one is there. We don't see her husband, the boss, there. So that's interesting. And they do the classic sitcom thing where Dottie gets up and it sounds like she's going to announce like how terrible they did, but changes her inflection and says it was the best act in talent show history mm-hmm. and even gives them this little dinky trophy for best comedy act. Right. Which they end up sharing with Geraldine because she ends up in the magician's assistant disappearing box. Mm-hmm. Um, so that Wanda could, and, and she, and Geraldine asked the question, she goes, how did this happen? You know, I was standing backstage and then all of a sudden I popped into the box. How does that work? You know, and she asks them and they don't have a great answer, but it's a good enough answer for Geraldine. Right. I do like the people were like, how did they do it? And Wanda just raises the curtain and there's like 50 mirrors there. So it was all done with mirrors. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's how just, mirrors work, right? Yeah. That's how mirrors, whatever. So that's interesting. But then Wanda ends up using her powers to get the gum out of vision. So vision's back to normal. So they end up going back home. They're very happy with how everything turned out. They share a kiss and a loving embrace. And as Vision pulls away, he notices that Wanda is pregnant. Mm-hmm. Where she wasn't seconds ago. And then they notice a commotion outside. Which they think from the beginning of the episode is like the tree or a raccoon yeah. or whatever. But they look outside and there's a manhole cover being disturbed. And out of the manhole cover comes a beekeeper. I popped. (laughs) And Wanda just says, no, that's not right. And then rewinds the whole scene back to the revelation of her showing vision that she's now pregnant. Mm -hmm. And then it goes to color at this point, right? And then it goes to color. And that's going to take us to the next episode, which I'm going to sure be more late 60s, possibly early 70s sitcom-esque look, feel, tropes. Right. Which... I do believe, like, because I don't believe, uh, you might remember, when they dropped The Mandalorian the first season, they only did one episode, right? They didn't do two. And I'm thinking about it now was, because you didn't watch anything before, and it was kind of, I watched one trailer, so I knew we were getting the 50s, the sitcom trope kind of a thing. I knew what we were getting. I I thought it was going to be, like, the same 50s sitcom trope throughout the entirety of the thing. Right, so did I on that. And uh, I even got like from your co-host from at odds. He's the text me. He's like, did you know about this? I said, I knew a little bit because, Oh, I didn't even know. Like he went in clean. So it was like, Oh, like black and white, like fifties thing. He liked it, but it was, it, you know, I can imagine going in with, with absolutely nothing, but I feel like that's why they dropped two episodes. Cause they're like, we need to do this to get like, cause if you watch that first episode, like I'm not, I'm not going to say like, you know, people are dumb or anything like that, but you might not get where that it's going. Like, and it becomes color. Like you needed that too, to show like the, if you didn't get the hints in the first one, that the world is wrong, you definitely got the hints in the second one. Do you know what I mean? For sure. And that's why they dropped two episodes in the first week. Cause they didn't want people going like, what the heck is this? You know what yeah. I mean? But now you have people saying, what the heck is this in a good way? Exactly. Though the one thing that I will say is, and uh, because Disney Plus seems to be smart on their run times. They give us just what we need per episode. But man, oh man, are these short episodes. 
Like, well, and the I, first, so the first episode had a 26 minute runtime. Right. And of those 26 minutes, six minutes was credits. Yes, because people forget that at the end of those episodes, they run the credits for America, you know, any other speaking co- uh, other yep. than English. So it's like, here's all the people who play the characters in Portuguese. Here's all the, uh, who do all the lines in French and German or whatever. So it's six minutes. So literally that's a, tw- and I find it amusing, a 22 minute runtime. Joe, how long is a sitcom? Uh, Back in the uh, day. 22.05 usually. Exact. I'm like, is this all like meta? I, I don't even know. But in the fact that I was enraged that it was like 22 minutes, I'm like, it was perfect. The time, the, the timing the, was. The second episode was a little bit longer. Still the same six. The 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 runtime on the second episode was 32 minutes with the six minute um, the six minute uh, end credits. Right. See, I thought there was even stuff after the like lo- like a black for like extra time. But anyway, I could be wrong. No, I don't think so. I, I can go back and double check. But I'll say, um, you know, when when this goes into syndication, there could be just a little bit more stuff that they cut out of this episode. You know, to yeah, get an no. extra commercial break in there. <laughs> right. Well, Joe, it's not going to go to syndication until it hits a hundred episodes. That's the rule, you know. Well, there's only nine episodes of this, so who knows? I thought there was only eight. Is there nine? no? There's according to IMDb. And I follow a, I follow a Twitter a Twitter account called Film Clickbait mm-hmm. that just takes all of those sites that like oh here's this crazy clickbaity story and they're just like it's one of those things like saves you a click sort of thing but it's specifically for like uh, comic book and genre movies and TV shows mm-hmm. and the headline is like you won't believe how long the WandaVision series is and it was just like nine episodes okay. I I do I I love somebody who saves me a click, Joe. Yep. But that that's a good and I'll, I'll give them a plug again. They're not affiliated with us uh, in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, give them a plug because I might have to follow them. You know what I mean? Uh, film clickbait is the Twitter account. Okay, I'm writing that down. And, like it just as I'm looking at their thing, it's like uh, some site says how to watch WandaVision. The first Disney Plus live action Marvel series. And he's just like, it's on Disney Plus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh no, it's not beamed right into our heads. Right. And then there was another one like, uh, it's like, what Robert Downey Jr. could look like as General Admiral Thawne. And it's like, here's the image from the article. Don't click on it. <laughs> oh, Robert Downey Jr. could be Grand Admiral Thrawn? Well, that's what these people are speculating. That's legit, I think. I 100% think that's true. Right. I would and then there's another see- one that's like, Mike, if you remember from a couple weeks ago, Michael Keaton is the DCEU main Batman going forward. And then he just says, Warner Brothers has not has not confirmed this. Right. That's all. Yeah. And oh. then he follows, he follows it up with, in the article, it says, seemingly confirms. Well, that's the same as confirms. Uh-huh seemingly and and actually being are the same thing as far as i'm concerned <laughs> so what did you think all around of the first two i episodes? enjoyed it i loved it i want i really and this is why i just want to say this because and i was discussing this with somebody the other day i said because you know you love love the marvel you, the movies love the marvel movies you know what i mean but they do have a formula and literally somebody once pointed out the movie it's like 
you know, heroes get together, villain shows up, they're all hunting down the flashy thing, you know, the bright blinking flashy thing, the blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yes. And I do think as, you know, the movies went on and, you know, people loved Ragnarok. I have a, my mileage varies because I feel like they tried to be guardians of the galaxy. And I, I believe the movies became less original to what they're doing and did they hit a formula and this is so different from anything that we got that it's refreshing you know i mean whether or not you love the movies and you love them for what they are this is you cannot you know argue that this is completely different than anything that we've got from marvel so far so i actually love it because it's it's different if that makes yep. any sense absolutely mm-hmm so, yeah, uh, I, I didn't think I was going to come into this. You know, Marvel has a pretty good batting average with this sort of stuff. Disney Plus has a pretty good batting average with new stuff. Right. So, uh, so yeah, I'll be looking forward to the next episode, and we'll be looking forward to talking about it uh, next week. Yep. And next week's episode will be the one that's, like, 48 minutes long, just to kind of, like, prove the theory wrong that they're going for, like, the sitcom runtime on things, you know? Well, if it's 44 minutes, then it's the hour-long co- comedy, Joe. <laughs> there you go. Or the dramedy, because now we're starting to get into the dramedy stuff. Uh, we'll see. Again, I don't yep. know if it's going to be late 60s, early 70s. We'll see. Yep, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yep. So let's get into episode three of The WandaVision. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one takes place a little bit more in the, uh, I would say the, the late sixties, if you will. Right. And we ended the last episode with Wanda becoming pregnant and their world, their reality, whatever it is becoming color. Right. Okay. Um, so Wanda has a very advanced pregnancy. Uh, I think it happens uh, over the course of just a few days, uh, in the storyline at least. And there's a bunch of uh, sitcom-related tropes of them doing their best to hide the pregnancy from everyone. Because obviously, they weren't pregnant three days ago. Mm -hmm. But it's going to be difficult for them to hide babies, even though, you know, they're going to have babies in four days or whatever it is, right? Right. Um. The doctor comes over, starts to go over some of the uh, stuff with Wanda, how to prepare for the baby. Uh, Vision and Wanda have a discussion about what they should name the baby, either Billy or Tommy. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's at one point in the episode where they're discussing, like, their lives. And the Vision kind of figures out what's going on. Right. And Wanda just rewinds things. To mm-hmm. make him not say what he just said. Right. Kind of like they did in the episode before when they came out and saw the beekeeper. Mm-hmm. So apparently she's got control over whatever's going on, it looks like. Right. It seems as though Wanda appears to be a little bit more in control of this whole scenario. And some of the cracks are starting to show in this scenario as uh, the one neighbor, Herb, next door is trimming his weeds with a lawn trimmer and accidentally cuts directly through the wall. Right. And doesn't realize that he's doing it. And like visions like, Hey, like, and it's, and it's played as a sitcom gag. You know what I mean? 
but it's like it comes back like because he's still doing it a little later in the episode and that's where it gets a little different but yeah you're like okay is is it supposed to be a gag that he has like this crazy you know weed cutter or whatever but or uh, uh shrub trimmer but you know who, you know wacky things ensue in this wandavision joe right uh geraldine comes over and while she is talking to Wanda about her day at work, the stork shows up. And it's a comedy of errors of Wanda attempting to distract Geraldine from seeing the stork who's delivering the babies. But then it's too late because Wanda has the babies. And I said babies because it's twins. <gasps> yeah. Just like in the comic books, Todd. Mm-hmm. Um, now... Before we get into the comic book stuff, and I'm just kind of explaining everything that happens, um, after the babies are born, and the doctor shows up, so Vision, uh, the doctor shows up, and he's like, all right, everything looks to be okay, you're about six months along, I'm going on my vacation to Bermuda. See you whenever. Uh, But the babies come shortly after he leaves the house. He... The doctor's car won't start. Vision uses super speed to go over and get him because it's an emergency, kind of exposing his powers. Brings him back to the house. He helps deliver the babies. And the doctor says to Vision, it's like, oh, bring me back home, but maybe this time not so fast. So Vision does. It was almost like, go ahead. No, go ahead. It was almost like he was flying, Joe, he said. Almost like he was flying, yes. Right, but... So, um, Vision brings him back and he says, uh, oh, hopefully you're going to have time to make the plane for your vacation. And the doctor's like, nah, well, I guess I'm not going on my vacation now. You know, small towns, you know, nobody ever, like, doesn't he say something like nobody ever really gets away? He says, you know how small towns are, how hard to escape, he says. Yep. Um, so the babies are comfortably resting. They both get the names of Billy and Tommy. And Geraldine uh, is talking to Wanda. And uh, Wanda tells a little bit of a story about her brother, Pietro, mm-hmm. and how he passed away. And then, maybe accidentally on purpose, Geraldine says, I know your brother. He was killed by Ultron. Yep. And uh, Wanda kind of freaks out a little bit. Yep. And I this section of ep- thing, like, because we're going to get into my, you know, Pepe Silva um, yep. as we go. But yes, like in here, and there's like a cool scene where she's like, I had a little brother. And she ends up singing him a, a, a lullaby, the babies, in uh, Sokovian, whatever the language you would call it. And that's her, her accent comes back. Cause like, we forgot that her accent has completely disappeared. Like, I know she had like in the movies, it was one of those, I have an accent. I don't, but like at this point, like she's as American as, as anything. So that makes me think something's going on. But, but yes, the whole thing of like men- mentioning Pietro, I was like, I was floored, but that also brings me back to the thing. Does Vision have super speed? I know he can fly, but he runs at super speed to get him. And they mentioned Pietro, who has super speed. I think there's something, you know, interlinked. Like, that's a clue somehow, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Because, like, why didn't he fly to get the doctor? He ran? I don't know. Weird things, Joe. 
So, do you know the original origin, uh, the original story of the children? Yes, I know. I, I, I know the gist of it. Let's put it that way. Um, so, in that original miniseries, it's more or less insinuated that Wanda creates the children with her magic. Mm-hmm. And at some point later on where, like, they tried to turn Wanda heel during, like, the latter days. I don't know where this lines up in, like, the Avengers jacket-wearing days. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's something that was really just kind of, like, retconned out. Um, and I know a lot of people are drawing allusions to, like, House of M, which was Wanda saying no more mutants. But I don't think it's that new. This is more of that miniseries from the early 80s. Sort of thing Mm -hmm. where she has some sort of something happen. And because of the stress of that, the children just disappear. Because she no longer has the same strength of magic to keep them alive. Or I just think the whole like idea of it being revealed to her Mm because it was real in her own head kind of thing. I think I don't remember, you know, it's been a long time. But now that being said. In more recent days, um, two new characters have been introduced as members of Young Justice. No, Young Avengers. Young Avengers, my apologies. Young Avengers, thank you. Wiccan, uh, Billy Kaplan, and Speed, Tommy Shepard. So Billy and Tommy. Uh Uh Uh-huh. So they have been brought back within the last 10 or so years uh, in the Marvel Universe, well, a little bit more than that, maybe like last 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are more or less to be believed the return of those children that disappeared. Okay. So we have like all kinds of balls in the air that it could be any of these, you know what I mean? Yes. I, I do like that. I, I do like that. And I do like the moment where, what's the, Geraldine, is that the the, the, the woman's name? Yes. Where she's doing the whole Ultron thing and like that distracts uh, Wanda. And well, outside at the same time, Vision's coming home. And that's where she has the discussion with the the neighbor. He has the discussion with the neighbor and the guy trimming the fences. And they come out of their like fakey sitcom lives and they start mentioning, they're like, you have to watch out for uh, her. In the house because like she's not from around here like and you know like and they start like hinting at all this stuff and like they want to tell vision and i think it's has something to do with the fact that uh that wanda was distracted by the mentioning of ultron that loosened the hold on what's going on you know what i mean yeah so so like that they wanted to be like this is the truth and it never got out and then vision goes back to like oh i'm a sitcom dad and goes into the house and uh and i forgot her name again is it geraldine yep has disappeared joe and as oh so that's the other thing uh so the other neighbors are like i don't know you left her alone with geraldine like she's new here and she doesn't have a house Mm -hmm. and vision's like what do you mean she doesn't have a house like she's homeless Right. And they're like, well, we maybe said too much now. But I think that was because in the gist of things, 
yet they said too much, but they reverted back to normal because Wanda had made her disappear and had wasn't distracted anymore. Do you know what I mean? Sets right. the world back to normal. And then in a great play of music uh, is Daydream Believer is playing. And, sh- and uh, Gwendolyn, Gwendolyn G- Geraldine ends up like flying out of this weird technicolor thing and lands on a on a piece of land. She rolls and all these like Humvees and vehicles show up, which to me is either sword or shield or whatever. So does that mean want that they're inside this bubble in a in a town? Like, I don't know, like the ending of it with the with the song that like, you know, is it, you know, catchy and, and works for what they're doing. I don't know. I really like the end. And it's one of those like, now, can I please have the next episode right now? Oh, I got to wait. Okay. I guess I will. So I don't know. So, and didn't Geraldine also have a necklace with the sword logo on it? If you didn't mention that. Yes. I forgot to mention that. Cause she's like, where did you get that necklace? What's on that necklace? And yeah. she has the sword, sword emblem. There's a lot going on, man. I'm excited. I am too, because I like, you know, how fun and stupid the episodes are. And then all of a sudden there's always just like that knife in the chest kind of moment, like where something's wrong and you feel every week I feel uncomfortable for like a minute. And then I'm like, okay, I want more. And I I guess, and I I do my best to avoid this because I don't get a chance to watch it right when it comes out, but I do definitely try to watch it as soon as I can. Mm -hmm. Um, But after I watched it, I guess I saw people were complaining that it's too much of a slow burn. Right. And I'm like, we're three three episodes into a nine-episode show. I'm like, I'm okay with however they want to do it, man. They've they've earned enough goodwill with me that they can kind of sort of do whatever they want. I, I'm with you because I'm entertained. Are you not entertained? Like, you right. know, I'm, I'm having fun. I'm having fun trying to figure stuff out. And now, like, you know, stuff's happening and they're mentioning other, you know, Marvel stuff. And I honestly don't know how much of a a climax this story's going to have because I feel like the movies now really, or the, the media stuff really does follow the comics, that this is to start the next thing, like phase whatever. So, like, I'm like, I don't know how much of a resolution we're going to get um, if it might run into Dr. Strange in the multiverse. You know what I mean? So uh, just buyer beware. Like if you're not having fun, I I have a feeling you're, if you're not having, if you're not enjoying it now, I don't think you're going to be enjoying it when it's over. If that makes any sense. Yeah. I'm with you. And I have been enjoying this. I'm, I'm here for the ride. You know, I am too. And like I said last week, because it's something completely different. I'm having a blast. Right. And, you know, I, I feel when we come to Falcon Winter Soldier, that's going to be a little bit more straightforward of a show. It's not going to be nuanced like this is, you know? Right. I have a feeling that all of them will be after this. Like, yeah. you, like how wacky is Hawkeye going to get? How wacky is She-Hulk? She-Hulk, though, makes me wonder if they would do the John Byrne breaking the third wall kind of a deal. Like, yeah. or they're just going to save that for... They're going to save that for when they bring the old double R into the Marvel universe. Oh boy. So, but I would have fun with a John Byrne-esque, like doing like, you know, mentioning stuff and talking about them, like their actual movies and TV shows or whatever, and doing the same gags as if, you know, like TV show related gags. So we'll see. 
Um, I just hope, you know, everything's, all these shows are a little different and a little, you know, uh, innovative each way. So we'll see. So uh, let's get into it, man. Yeah. Uh, episode four of WandaVision. And this is, I guess, more or less everything that's been going on in the background of the previous three episodes. Yes. Um, we start off, of course, with uh, being introduced to Monica Rambeau, who we know from the Captain Marvel movie. And this is where we learned that she was one of the people that went away the in what they call the snap when Thanos uh, got rid of half of the world. And I thought it was the, called, oops, sorry. I thought it was called the blip, the blip. My apologies. I call it the snap. They call it the blip. Not that's fine. Snap is better, mm-hmm. but, they, but everybody else in the world didn't know that's what happened, but the snap is better. I agree. Um, but when the Avengers defeated Thanos at the end of Avengers Endgame Part 2 and everyone came back, they all essentially lost like two to three years of their life, mm-hmm. including Monica. Right. Uh, Monica's mother is the one who had founded S.W.O.R.D. And do are we supposed to know who the guy in charge of S.W.O.R.D. now is? Is he someone from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and that's why I don't know who he is? That that guy I don't know off the top of my head. He might be a regular Marvel character, but that one I don't. Have so, any idea. Uh, obviously, most people would have assumed that she would have been the one that takes things over. Uh, obviously, with her being away, this is something that was put in by her mother, uh, essentially to ground her, which is a cute little pun or whatever it is. In many se- uh, se- uh, series, is of the word. Um, However, she is then called in in conjunction with the FBI, and we're introduced to Jimmy Woo, who I think this is the introduction of him. He was not in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. previously, correct? Right, but here's the thing, because I watched this with uh, the fancy gentleman, and I was like, oh, Jimmy Woo, Jimmy Woo. I was like, I, 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 I'm enjoying this character. I know the character from certain books, blah, 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 and I'm discussing him like this is his first appearance. I find out Jimmy Woo is the FBI agent who put the ankle bracelet on Ant-Man in Ant-Man 2. Oh, okay. So he's been around for at least Ant-Man and the Wasp. He was the one, and I, I found this out later, and it's something that, that happens, is do you remember when like Ant-Man was leaving the house and this and that, he was shrinking down so he'd get out of the, 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 uh, the ankle bracelet and Jimmy Woo shows up and he's like, you know, we, we thought you left. He's like, but you're here. And he's like, no, no, no. And he, and Ant-Man's like, he does a sleight of hand trick and makes a card appear. And Jimmy Woo's like, I know your secret that you have a secret. I want to know how you did. And he's like, what? Like, cause Ant-Man thinks it's that I've been leaving the house, you know, without, with, with help. And he goes, how did you make the card appear? And that's one of those things that happens later when he meets Monica Rambo in the flashback, he makes his FBI agent card appear and hands it to her. It's this, cause he learned it from, from uh, Scott Lang. So I like, this was all stuff I did not know. Um, that I had that I ended up finding out online afterwards. So yes, yeah, uh-huh. Jimmy Woo's been around in the Marvel universe, right? But he would also go on in the comics to be part of Agents of Atlas, which I don't think they're going to get into here. But obviously, 
introduction as a bigger part of the greater Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Um, they are investigating a missing persons case. Well, he's looking for so, yes, a missing person in that one of his uh, what do you call it? witness relocation relocation people has disappeared. But so is a whole town, <laughs> right? Because even though they're standing in front of a sign that says Eastview, they're being told Eastview doesn't exist. This is Westview. Other way around. Oh, okay. Other I, I knew it was one or the other. Yep. And. There appears to be some sort of bubble, invisible, around the town that no one can get in or out of. They attempt to fly a drone in, and the drone just kind of goes off the map. Um, Monica uh, ends up going in, and she's gone. So now, FBI, S.W.O.R.D., everyone else has built a shanty town around it. They're calling in just random scientific-type folks to try to figure out what's going on including from the Thor films, uh, Darcy, played by Kat Dennings. Right. I think she was in one and three, but not two. I think she was in one and two, but not three. There you go. I know she was only in like two out of the three. Hey, Mm -hmm. listen, I'm all over the place with some of this stuff, right? Right. Uh, So they're bringing in all these folks, and she noticed that there's a cosmic microwave background radiation thing going on Mm -hmm. and as they're trying to pick up whatever that frequency is or whatever she asks one of the people there to bring her like an old timey tube TV Mm -hmm. and from that that's how these folks uh, including Darcy and Jimmy Woo and everyone else there picks up the previous three episodes of WandaVision that we have seen Right, and as that's going on, all this, the freaky stuff that's been going on is them trying to contact Wanda inside the 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 sitcom or whatever. You know what I mean? Right, we had, Jimmy bit, Woo, yeah, Jimmy so we had the bit. Yeah, so we had the bit from episode two where mm-hmm. they were by the radio and help me, Rhonda is on the radio, and that's when Jimmy Woo was trying to speak to Wanda through the radio, and that's why we got that little bit of weirdness in episode two. Right. Uh, it's also at this point in them in episode four, watching episode two, that they see Monica is now there, acclimating herself into whatever's going on, trying to blend in. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do we get here? Them trying they, to speak. Oh, go ahead. They sent in. They sent. They figured nobody can get in through the the the, the shield. Or whatever's around it, the, the 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 you know the protective field or whatever. So they try to send somebody in underground. That turns out to be the beekeeper coming out of the manhole cover. Right. And, and this ahead. is also where they, the sword folks, talk and say, "Listen, we're watching Wanda Maximoff and Vision. Vision's dead. Mm-hmm. Like, what's going on here?" Right. Like, why is this being looked like a sitcom? Why is it changing? What they're trying to figure out what's going on. They're trying to get in to the bubble. They're trying to contact Wanda. They're trying to contact Monica. And obviously we get to see a little bit more of that interaction with Monica, Geraldine, and Wanda from the end of episode three. Right. We get to see that missing scene where when like she confronts her, she's like, "You're that you're from Sword, kind of a deal," because she has the necklace on. Then when Vision comes through the door, 
Geraldine slash Monica is gone already. So this is that missing clip. And I'm going to say this, Joe, because they did it last week and I forgot to mention it. In those scenes when reality strikes in WandaVision, in Wanda's world, and the the aspect ratio changes of the TV and they make that sound, I get goosebumps. I get physically like ill watching this. I'm like, this is wrong. And it's like the, the, the intenseness of that scene. And he, she throws her out and knocks her out to like, obviously the ending of last episode. And then she puts, she, she's sitting there and vision comes in and vision looks like the dead vision for a second. And she shakes it off. And then the ratio goes back with that noise into that happy go lucky sitcom music. Totally freaks me out. Every single time that they do it, even though they've only done it twice. <laughs> Both times. You're right. Uh, so, yeah. So, again, we see, uh, obviously, what happened in that missing scene, as you mentioned. We also see a scene where reality is starting to creep in and Wanda sees Vision as, you know, the way that we saw him last in an Avengers movie, dead. Mm-hmm. With the soul gem ripped out of his head. Right. Mind gem. Mind gem again. I'm all, <laughs> Sorry, I, geez, these are the things I remember, and they're not. No, so listen, I, you got to correct me on this stuff, right? And I will say, I, I like really enjoy it. They go back to their fun-loving life after that. Um, I like the idea of them watching them, and they have the whiteboard. They have the Rip Hunter whiteboard uh, because they're figuring out who all the people are in the town who are the actors. And once again, we still don't see the neighbor's husband. So, like, I think somebody's in there kind of controlling things a little bit, too. And I'm wondering if it's the witness relocation person. Like, maybe they're a criminal, like a Marvel villain that's doing it. I don't know, but there's some stuff on the whiteboard. Like, is it scrolls? Why is it? Why is the the field shaped like a hexagon? And I'm like, all right, these these are all really cool. And I want to see if, like, we get answers to that. And then I just want to say, because my the thing with the creep with the aspect ratio creeps me out. The blip scene in the beginning to see the chaos of people coming back, that was intense to me. That was like the other intense moment. Like I was just like, all right, when I watched, I'm like, I need a second. You know what I mean? Like that was just a crazy episode. And then my mind opens up to I feel all the bad for all the people who blipped back that were in a plane when they left. Cause is the plane still there, Joe? <laughs> No, it's moved. So there's a lot of people falling out of the sky from the blip, I think. Or, I don't know, what if you were driving in a car and now you're on a busy highway? Just, uh, just weird stuff. A lot of questions. It's like, that. you bring that up uh, it makes me ask a lot more questions than there are answers to. I agree. So I'm trying not to go down to too many rabbit holes, but uh, this once again, and this is the episode to everybody who poo pooed like, Oh, um, and a couple people we know. And I just, I just find it amusing is like, Oh, this, this is a slow running show. And if it wasn't Marvel characters, you, we wouldn't give them the leeway that they got. I'm like, yeah, but you could say that about a Brubaker book. If it doesn't hit three, three issues, you're giving them the leeway because Brubaker has earned that three issues. You know what I mean? Um, I think this is the turning point where now we're out and explanations are being had and Marvel stuff is really coming in. And it was only three episodes and I'm fine with that out of nine. We, we hit the second act. That's the best way to put it as far as I'm concerned. 
Right. And I had mentioned earlier in the show, of course, and I'll mention it here just in case, um, that uh, I have fallen behind on the Rob's podcast, of course. Right. But I still follow the Rob on Twitter. And he had brought he had tweeted an article because he is a big proponent of the show. He really likes mm-hmm. uh, WandaVision. Uh, he had cited that he really enjoyed that miniseries way back in the day. Uh, but he kind of qu- uh, tweeted out an article that says, WandaVision isn't too slow. We've all just forgot how to watch TV. That is true. We've become spoiled with the binge, man. Yes. Whereas we we need this whole thing told to us in a weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, I, at times, I like the weekly rollout, man. You know what I mean? I do, too. But as someone who very rarely has time for the weekly rollout and is trying to make time for a four-hour movie in seven weeks. <laughs> I get you. You know, I, I saw my brother this weekend. He's like, yeah, I just watched episode nine of Cobra Kai. And I'm like... Still haven't watched another episode since those last two uh, a month ago. Or those first two a month ago, you know? Well, you know what? You've watched way more Cobra Kai than I have. So. Right. Uh, but I really like this. Um, you know, if for some reason you were watching WandaVision and you weren't digging what was going on in those first three episodes, this is the episode that is going to move it, as Todd said, to the second act of everything. Mm-hmm. And you would mention about all the mysteries and the questions and everything else like that. Somebody's in there manipulating, right? Mm-hmm. So we, as the viewers on those first three episodes, saw those weird commercials. Right. We know they, in the show, at the sword shantytown that's built up, are also seeing those commercials as well. Because one of them plays in the background as they're discussing things. Right. I don't see that any of those were up on the whiteboard, but we didn't see everything on the whiteboard. Right. I assume that those also are clues that are going to help them figure out who these people are, who the missing person is, and so forth. One other thing, and I think I mentioned this either last week or the week before uh, in discussing this, Kitty from that 70s show. Mm -hmm. She shows up in episode one as the boss's wife, and then she shows up in episode two as uh, just a person in the crowd at the talent show, right? Right. Right. So somebody on Twitter, and again, I'm doing my best to avoid spoilers, avoid everything that's going on. They don't get a chance to watch these episodes the minute they drop. But I just saw somebody ask, was Agatha Harkness in, or Agnes Harkness in WandaVision? Mm -hmm. And I said, huh, that's an interesting question. I go, I wonder if she was. And then, Todd, wouldn't you know who won the pony? That's the character name that Kitty plays in the show. Oh, okay. She, Agatha Harkness, is the one who, in the late 70s, early 80s, is the one who teaches Wanda how to better harness her powers to be able to do more with them. Oh, okay. So, does that mean she's going to have a bigger part? Or is this just a name that they recognized from a previous story and just threw her in there? I'm going to kind of lean to the former... And we're going to see her have a bigger part in all of this than we'd initially thought. I think so, too, because she's a named actress. You know what I mean? Right. A named recognizable actress. Exactly. They don't don't throw somebody like that in for a bit part, you know? And I'm still, like, with other people, I won't say I created this, uh, this um, you know, theory. Um, other people have had it. It's like, I think this is all leading to... 
um, you know, the X-Men and Fantastic Four showing up and also leading to like with the scroll thing is it the scrolls on the whiteboard. And that was the way, you know, Far From Home ended, had a, a post credit scene with uh, Fury and the scrolls. I think this is all leading into uh, Secret Invasion somehow. And I stand by this, all the rumors and talk of... Uh, Chris Evans coming back is he's going to come back as a scroll. He's going to come back. And everybody's like, Oh, caps back. And then he's going to die. And he's going to turn into a scroll. And I also believe that's the way they're going to bring Pietro back as Quicksilver. Like now that we own it all, it'd be like, Oh, you know, just before I got shot by all those bullets, I was taken away by a scroll and Hey, I'm alive now. So it's going to be like, who's going to come back and who's going to be fake and blah, blah, blah. But that's a weird out there theory. So we'll see. I like that. You know, obviously a lot of more, a lot more people are kind of pointing toward House of M sort of stuff, mm-hmm. since that was a Scarlet Witch focused centric storyline. Right. Um, it really could be anything at that point. Your how I like your uh, Secret Invasion storyline better. Right. And I just want to say I'm all about House of M because I would just love to see her be like, you know what? There was something before us and there was all oh, these things called mutants and also oh, um, something about a space race and trying to get into space and then another country and all of a sudden just fly the flag of Latveria and you will hear me from Wilkes-Barre. <laughs> you will hear me. You'll be like, oh, Todd, just watch that scene. So that's all I'm going to say. That's as far as I'm So this episode is a more melding of the two, I guess, plots, the two storylines, the two what have you's that are going on with all this. Right. The two like in the in the sitcom world, the outside the sitcom world. Right, so the outside the sitcom world is still them trying to figure out how to get in there, how to rescue the people that are in there, how to help the people that are in there. Mm-hmm. Um, however, on inside the bubble, the the inside the hex, no relation to Jonas. <laughs> uh, it's now like a mid '80s sitcom. Yep, the ties for the family, family ties. <laughs> And there's a part where the babies age up from being babies to five-year-olds. And things are happening a little bit more frequently that are exposing the business of whatever Wanda is doing, specifically in front of the neighbor, which is raising suspicions to Vision that there's something going on. Right. Which, um, with all that, I think, you know how you had Kitty from the 70s shows being a certain character? Yes. I'm coming around on the neighbor being that character. That's what I'm thinking it is, too. Yes, right. of course. But, yes, you're saying, like, because there's a moment where she's, she's in, like, in the sitcom and she's taking care of the babies. And she's like, oh, I missed my cue. Do I pick up the babies? Do I start over? And, like, Vision's, like, Vision's, like, full-on noticing everything now. You know what I mean? And he's, like, questioning and, like... Uh, Wanda's just kayfabing it all the way. Like, no, I'm never coming out of character. So, like, it's it's interesting to see him follow the breadcrumbs, if you will. Right. Uh, so, uh, we find out that 
what was going on with this is that uh, so they put a timestamp on all of this, right? Mm-hmm. They give us a date and a timestamp of where this all happens. Um, obviously, this is after um, the blip, but they also let us know that nine days ago, Wanda broke into whatever maximum security thing where they had the Vision's corpse and she steals it. Right. Because he had a he had a living will. If anything happens, I don't want my body turned into a weapon or anything yes. like that. So just don't revive. Don't try to revive me. Right. Um, so we at least know like a time of like where this is all happening and when this is all happening and like the greater scheme of the timeline of all the Marvel cinematic stuff, right? Right. Um, and this at this and it's the, at this point where um, uh, Jimmy Woo. And uh, what's her face from? I call her Cat Dennings. I can't think of her real name. Cat Dennings are like, okay, what's going to happen when Vision finds out what's really going on? Mm-hmm. And Vision is finding out what's going on because while he's at work, he's setting up the computers with the internet for everyone there, and he kind of. Like, how would you explain what he does to the coworker Norm? Um, well, first of all, it's because they send an email, it seems like, to kind of wake him up. And he ends up touching him. I would say, I would say awakening the real norm. And he's like, like Monica was like saying, like, while I'm under whatever I'm under, it hurts. Like, like, make, make her stop, blah, blah, blah. And then he ends up like, like, I can't deal with this. And he puts him back. So I don't know how he does it with the powers, but I'm guessing because you know, I don't know how he's making them revert, to tell you the truth. Right. And then, like, once he, like, takes his hands off Norm, Norm just goes back to the character that he's playing in the sitcom world. Mm-hmm. Um, also, back outside of the Hex, uh, Monica Rambeau figures out with everything that is being made inside of the Hex. Um it has to be made from something like she's not creating this out of whole cloth. And they find out that the seventies clothes that she got bounced back out of was just kind of reformed by Wanda from the bulletproof vest or bulletproof clothing that she had on when she got pulled in. So like, that's going to be a thing of the way that they can figure out um, by sending in the drone that's from that time period. So Wanda doesn't recognize it as, does it revert it to like an 80s thing? Everything they're sending in is modern. She's turning into something in the era she's in. So yes. it's like, well, let's find an 80s drone and she it'll it'll fit right into her world. Right. And they send it in to like do recon and maybe a little bit more. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um also the boys, uh Billy and Tommy find a dog. And it just so happens that the neighbor is like ready to go with whatever they need to help the dog at a moment's notice. Right. Visions noticing that the neighbor has whatever they need whenever they need it. Right. And then by the end of the day, the dog eats some like leaves off a shrub that it shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. And as the boys get upset, Wanda like specifically tells them like, don't age yourselves out of this. You right. know, you have to deal with this at this age sort of thing. Mm hmm. Uh, like, which we're was family. Very... 
we're right. family and like family sticks together and all this. And, you know, and then they ask her like, and we'll get, you know, this is kind of a, you know, do you have any family? And she's like, yeah, she discusses her brother a little bit and everything. Cause they, they had no idea who it was. And that's like the third mention of Pietro throughout these, these shows. And I'm surprised they didn't bring the dog back, but I'm figuring that they might do that down the line because she has the ability to do it. So I'm like shocked. I don't understand why she didn't, if that makes any sense. One could only hope that in the sitcom world, it was to have everyone learn a lesson. Right. Well, this is a very special episode, Joe. Right. Which, it's such a which, special episode that it causes Wanda to come out of the bubble to confront the sword people that are all around it. Right. Essentially the, saying to them, mm-hmm. you know, you need to leave me alone. Right. Because the drone they sent in, which was just, which Monica was piloting through the computer, was just supposed to do recon. But the guy who's running the business said, take the shot. She's like, what shot? And ends up trying to take to kill uh, Wanda. And Wanda's like, all right comes outside and goes, no, no, we're having none of this. And he she ends up using her hex powers to turn the guns, which she comes out and she starts using her wonderful Lana-esque accent again at this point. Oh, come on now. I think you're just so used to her not having the accent. Oh, no, it was terrible. Well, in Endgame and stuff like that, it was when she needed the accent. But anyway, she comes out and she ends up having using her powers to force all the soldiers to point the gun at him and says, like, leave me alone. I'm going back in. And I wish I had it because the mad basis showed me a gif. There's a gif where she turns the guns on them and then walks away with a flourish with her hand as she's going that a certain other character who would make guns point at other characters did in another movie somewhere. But that's all I'm going to say. So. Uh Aha. So uh, of course you mentioned uh, at the end of the episode there, Uh, There's been discussion throughout the entirety of the show in regards to Pietro, Pietro, Quicksilver. And when there's a tense moment at the end of the episode where Vision kind of calls Wanda out on everything that's going on and just says, like, we can't just go to bed and forget about everything that's going on. And then she makes, like, the credits roll. And it's, like, a very, like, it's such a unique thing to have this happening where the credit is roll the credits are rolling, but they're still going on with what they're doing. Where one right. is trying to like move on, move and on to the vi- next day, move on to the next time period, move on to the next whatever, and vision's not allowing it to happen. He's like, no, 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 because what are you gonna do? Change the whole house again? Like he knows at this point. He's like, No, you're gonna change the house and things are gonna be different. And no, no, we have to discuss this. And I like this because this part literally becomes an after credit scene. At that point, in like a little joke. But they go in and he's like, I don't remember my life. And I don't remember this. Like, what's happening to me? And like, there's that great shot. This is like the first superhero we think where they both hover in that superhero pose, like where they're facing off. And you're like, are Vision and and Wanda going to go at it? You know what I mean? Like, so I I found that that interesting. And then kind of she kind of makes everything kind of better and like, you know, the very special episode kind of ending kinds of kind of does it. And then there's a knock at the door. Right. And this uh, has become memeified, if you will. Right. And I will say in the memification of this, 
it did not spoil of who it was before I got a chance to watch the episode. Right. Now, I want to say, um, as watching these episodes, keep mentioning Pietro, Pietro. We even talked about this. I was like, he's showing up. Like, they're going to get the actor because she can, she can, like, you know, manipulate stuff and she's going to bring him into her, her world kind of be like, so I can have my brother back. I'm like, I'm, I'm 100% sure we're going to get Quicksilver in this. Joe, the door at the door is Quicksilver. They do the shot of her shocked. The camera spins around. He's got the gray hair and he walks in the door and it's Quicksilver from the X-Men movies. And I, I almost cursed just now. I lost my stuff, Joe. <laughs> I was like, I got goosebumps right now. I'm like, what's going on? What's happening? This opens up a whole realm of possibilities up to and even bringing in cra- crappy Dr. Doom. And I don't want that. I don't want that. But to see him walk in, I marked out in a way that I'm like, anything is possible in this show right now. Such a great scene. Such and a great scene. The people outside the hex, the sword people are watching this. And I forget if it's Jimmy or Kat Denning says, she recast her brother. Yep. And I'm like, oh my God, that's such a good line too with it, you know? Mm -hmm. It's so perfect because we as the viewers of the show know that there's a Quicksilver outside of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and now he's here. Whereas they, the sword people, Kat Dennings, Jimmy Woo, etc., are watching the show inside of the Hex and have no idea. Right. They're not in on the gag as we are. Right. Oh, Joe, I know I said this. This scene was so great. Yes. So, so great. Because this Quicksilver is the far better Quicksilver. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that other guy, like, he stepped on Quicksilver. This is the real Quicksilver. Oh, my goodness. So yeah, so like I said, the 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 Quicksilver from Age of Ultron is very forgettable, right? But the one from Age of Apocalypse is the good one, and, and <laughs> uh, Days of Future Past. So I forget. Well, no, he's in. So he right, he's in he's in Days of Future Past. He's in Age of Apocalypse. Right. And I don't know I, if he's in in the Phoenix one. I didn't see that one. So I'm okay. So I forget which one it is. It ha- let's just say it's apocalypse. Okay. Right. <laughs> somebody said, somebody posted up a thing, uh, posted a YouTube video of the, the biggest problem wrong with that X-Men movie age of apocalypse. Right. Is Quicksilver is literally in the movie for less than three minutes and that includes scenes of him standing around while other characters are doing things. Yep. And and there's a YouTube master cut of <laughs> all of Quicksilver's scenes from Age of Apocalypse, including right. those scenes where he's just standing around doing nothing. Right. But the the two super speed scenes in those mo- in in both Age of Apocalypse and Days of Future Past, two of the greatest scenes in comic book history. I love Quicksilver, and especially the one in uh, Days of Future Past with Time in the Bottle. I'm like, even Joss Whedon said when he did when he did uh, Age of Ultron, he's like, I lose. <laughs> he's like, there's, I tried to, you know, like I saw that come out and I'm filming my movie and I'm like, 
nope. And, but to be fair, spoiler alert, people, he was going to kill him anyway. So why make him special? You know, right? Why make him care? Right, because Quicksilver's superpowers in Age of Ultron were super speed and bullet attraction <laughs> were two of his powers. So now the question I have is, where do we go from here with this with this introduction of this Quicksilver? Is this a one-off gag to pop us? Mm-hmm. Or is this the introduction to opening the door to these characters coming into the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Okay. I was discussing this with somebody. I believe that it may be like it may be both in that it may be a one off because this because already we were supposed to have, you know, the Black Widow movie and the next movie is the multiverse with Doctor Strange. So I think this opened the door, whether this character is going to stay around in age of uh, in WandaVision. I don't know, but I do think it opens up the door to be like. Who do we still have contracts with when we bought Fox? We have the guy who plays Quicksilver, and everybody loves him. Ask him, like, hey, um, would it be too much trouble if we invited you into the multi-billion dollar movie franchise? Oh, you know what? I think I can make some room in my calendar. Now, do they offer everybody? Like, do they get the guy, the kid who played young Cyclops? I don't know. But do they do they try to back up the Brinks truck to Hugh Jackman? Yes, they do. You know what I mean? Yes, they do. Here, cut open our little Brinks truck with your claw, Mr. Jackman, and take any amount you see you think is fair. So I do think it's kind of I do believe all hands will show up on deck for maybe the Doctor Strange movie, kind of the way Crisis on Infinite Earths worked for DC, where they had the Snyder people in the TV show. It's like, we can do all this. The sp- uh, uh, Into the Spider-Verse, we can do all this. We can do it now. But well, there's we're going to bring that... them all in, and we're going to keep a few. Right. And th- Okay, so I get where you're coming from, is we could cameo everyone. Right. But who's going to stick around is the question. Right. Okay. Right. And, the ones, and who's going to be cannon fodder? Yeah. Like, because we can bring in the two, we can bring in the two fantastic formers. And what if the rumors of Chris Evans coming back is for Human Torch? That'd be pretty crazy. That would be nuts. So you bring in the, 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 the okay FF, the crappy FF, and you just wipe them out in a battle. Or you have them show up for a cameo, like through a through a wormhole or whatever they're doing. So yeah, like, and then it's like, all right, well, we don't want any of these. We're bringing in a new FF. But like I said, if you can get Hugh Jackman, you don't recast Wolverine. You know, so you get what I'm trying to say. I I'm do. all over the place. But the the Chris Evans thing is the Human Torch would be the best. <laughs> well, there's already been discussion. You know, rumor and innuendo. We don't deal in that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. They're filming the third. Andrew Gar, not Andrew Garfield. Uh, what's the Spider Man? Uh, who... Yes, to- not Tobey Maguire. Um, the kid who plays Spider Man. I got gotcha. you, uh, Tom Holland. The Tom. They're filming the third Tom Holland Spider Man movie, mm-hmm. and there's discussion that there's already cameos in there for Andrew Garfield, in there for Tobey Maguire, in there for Andrew Molina, Doctor Octopus, in there for Jamie Foxx, Electro. Mm. So you you do it there. You've established it with the end of the Spider Verse animated feature. You could get away with it here a little bit because it's a little bit smaller of a scale, 
And then mm-hmm. obviously you blow the doors off it with the Doctor Strange Scarlet Witch multiverse movie. Right. I think we're all building. Like, I thought we were building to Secret Invasion, which I still think we are. Mm-hmm. But it's like right now, I think the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe has like 9,000 irons in the fire. Right. But, and it just, it's the thing is that they're not getting a chance to take any of those irons out because of Hollywood being shut down for the last year and them not being able to release anything or move us forward with production on stuff that should have already been wrapped and ready to go. Right. Right. And I mean, we're swinging into like right after WandaVision, we have four episodes left. I believe and we're going into the, the Captain America winter soldier show. I don't think we're that far off if you know what I mean. Like, but I think there's going to be a gap at, at some point, but I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, just, it's, it's just so much fun. And any day now the Snyder cut will be out. So that'll be just as cool. Yep. Just as cool, Todd. <laughs> yep. Of equal or lesser coolness. Exactly. A different kind of coolness, but cool nonetheless. <laughs> See, because I try to keep all the notes for one division in one spot, you know? Right. But after this, ep- after this episode, I might be running out of space. Well, you get another notebook, Joe. Well, it's kind of like uh, episodes like uh, one, two, three were on a page. Oh, I see what you're saying. You're, yeah, yeah. You kept them together in a notebook. You know, gotcha. And uh, so, okay, let's uh, let's kind of start into it. It's uh, an all new Halloween spooktacular. <laughs> very nineties. Very nineties. Opening is very Malcolm in the Middle esque. Uh, with the boys, uh, Billy and Tommy, of course, having interactions with Wanda's slacker, lazy brother has come to crash with them, which was the big spoiler from the previous episode, uh, where Quicksilver shows up, but he's not played by Quicksilver from the Avengers movies. He's played by Quicksilver from the X-Men movies. Right. Uh, so we get... Um, uh, so right off the rip, it's Halloween... Uh, Billy is showing off his costume and Billy's costume is just straight up Wiccan from Young Avengers. I didn't notice that. No, I'm kidding. That's fantastic. I was I'm like, oh my goodness, this is where we're going with this, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, then everybody else shows off their costumes. Wanda comes down in the classic Scarlet Witch costume. No, no. It's a Slokovian fortune teller's costume, Todd. Right. And the vision comes out in a slapdash together approximation with whatever we got around the house version of his costume or a Mexican wrestler, Todd. And this is the first time WandaVision was terrible. Oh, come on now. It, no, it looked the costume looked great because it was the vision costume, but mentioning that dirty word in my WandaVision. Uh so Quicksilver then goes and uh, so Vision can't go trick-or-treating because he is on Neighborhood Watch Patrol. Breaking the script. And Wanda's like, oh, well, we need someone else to come with the kids. Uh, Quicksilver goes and he and uh, Tommy go run out and they both get Quicksilver costumes with the funky hair. 
And, you know, Tommy is the Quicksilver analog in Young Avengers as well, even though his outfit's more green than silver. But, you know, it's like his poetry, name is, so it rhymes. Right. His name is Speed in the comics, right? Yeah. Okay. So while all this is going on, of course, we have the sword folks outside watching everything go on. And uh, uh, Billy Wu or Jimmy Wu, right. Darcy, and Monica all get kicked out by, uh, what's-his-face, the guy who's in charge of the sword things. Right, who's just, who instantly got heat on him when he started talking bad about Monica's mom. He's like, because that was his whole plan was, he's like, yep, you know, like, you, I'm glad your mother isn't here to see what you've become, blah, blah, blah. And she goes nuts, and he's like, ah, that's my, that's my, that's my uh, permission to have you thrown out. That's all I needed was a reason. Have a nice day, the three of you. He's kind of always been a jerk. Right. But like like this last episode and this episode is like they've really ramped up his jerkiness, you know? Right. So they go to get kicked out, but of course they kind of hide their way and stick on the base and end up disguising themselves because they want to get to what? Where the... Computers are what's the guy's name? Uh, Hayward, director Haywood's computers are to hack in to see what his plan is, right? Because he had something up going on. Mm-hmm. So while he's got this going on, uh, Wanda, the kids, and Quicksilver together, kids want to go off exploring, doing the trick or treating thing, and she gives them, she reiterates to them the express dis- instructions. They're not allowed to go past Ellis Street. Right. So they're off. Uh, this gives uh, Quicksilver the opportunity to question Wanda about what's going on. Mm-hmm. He knows something's up. He knows he's not the version of her brother that he thinks he is. He even says, I was doing this one minute. I got shot. And the next thing I know, I'm here with you. Right. And he asks her how all this is happening. And she pretty much says, I don't know. She says, I kind of wished for this to happen, and it just kind of is happening. Mm-hmm. So it kind of leads us to believe that there's maybe another power in play here. Right. And while this is going on, we see Vision walking further and further away from the middle of town. And... Everyone outside the middle, of t- out further you get from the middle of town, the closer you get to Ellis Street, the less people are moving, moving mm-hmm. real slow, like almost like as Todd said at the top of the show, like a slow block of ice. Right. There's a woman specifically who's hanging Halloween decorations in slow motion while tears are running down her face. That was a tough scene. That was a tough scene. Yes. Indeed. I, as, as stupid as it was, because she was like reverting, she was going like she was trying to hook the the the. the the decoration then her hand would go back and as that tear rolled out that you like you've wh- whoever shot that yeah definitely got a sense of like just hopelessness and you know pain it, it, that was a good shot but now God, during all of this we also get our commercial break uh for the yo magic mm-hmm. uh yogurt commercial mm-hmm. we're going to talk about that a little bit later on okay just want to remind everyone we're going to come back to that we didn't forget about it as the vision is going out, and interrupt me anytime that you want to chime in with anything, right? No, I got you. I've been just, I've been coasting along here. 
So as Vision is further approaching the edge of town, further approaching Ellis Street, uh, he comes upon Agnes, who maybe was playing a little bit heavier part in everything that was going on. She's just kind of sitting at the light there, or sitting at the intersection in her car, kind of not moving. Mm-hmm. And she says she maybe took a wrong turn. Maybe mm-hmm. she got a little bit lost. Maybe she don't know where she's going. And just like in the previous episode, where uh, Vision touches the dude and kind of frees them of what's going on. Right. Under the spell, he does the same to Agnes, and Agnes gets all freaked out again. She doesn't know what's going on. She's lost. She wants this to stop. She's in pain. Mm-hmm. And now the Vision is figuring more of this out. Right, and she's basically drops the news onto him that he's dead. Right. She's she, like, she, she's like, like, you're you're the Vision. You're an Avenger. Why are you here? And he goes, well, what do you mean? Why am I here? And she's like, you're dead. And then on top of that, he's like, what's an Avenger? Right. So, because he's had his mind completely wiped. And this is how we, I guess, kind of learn a little bit of that. Like, maybe we knew that information was in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, this kind of cements the fact that it's not. Right. So, Vision attempts to go outside of town. Um, and he makes his way through the hex. And as he does, he starts to get almost ripped apart. Right. He changes from the costume that he's wearing, which is the low-rent version of the original Vision costume, to what he looks like normally, what he looked like in the Avengers movies. And it's almost as though the bubble is pulling him back in piece by piece. Mm -hmm. What would you say is going on there? I would say he's falling apart and then the hex is like, I don't, I don't know what that is. Does it seem to be pulling bits and pieces of him, almost like the blip kind of a thing? Yeah. But I wasn't sure because he like how, uh, what uh, Scarlet Witch is doing this because did he, she put him back together or is he in pieces and this is magic. So I don't know if he was falling apart to the pieces that he already was. There's something weird going on there. So. Right. So with that being said as well, um, we check back in with uh, Monica and all those folks. And Monica has already been through twice. Right. And we find out that the two times that she's been through, it's essentially changed her cells on a molecular level twice. And who knows what it'll do a third time if she tries to go through. Right. And so they decide that they're going to go get help, Mm -hmm. Jimmy Woo and Monica. And Darcy's like, I have to stay here. I have to crack this final wall and find out what it is. And then she sees Vision coming out. And she's like, she runs out. You have to help him. You have to help him. Like, can't you see it's destroying him? And they're like, no, you're a prisoner now. And they handcuff her to the the Humvee. You know what I mean? While Monica and Jimmy Woo are leaving, like, with the hex behind them, going to get some sort of scientist. Please let it be Reed Richards. But anyway. So with this happening and they handcuffing her to the Jeep, Wanda, through the boys, gets word that the Vision is in trouble. Mm Mm-hmm. So she's in the middle of town. She can't get there that quickly. So what she decides to do is just extend the bubble further, the hex further. To encapsulate the vision where he is outside of the hex, but also all of the sword people that are outside of it as well. And as the hex expands, 
they become more and more of whatever is inside there, and they essentially become a traveling circus. Right. They To her, they become a bunch of clowns. Right. And while that's happening, the head guy gets away. He outruns the hex, doesn't he? Yes. And so does Jimmy Woo and Monica, I believe. Right. But Kat Denning's character is inside of it because she was right. handcuffed to a thing that got pulled through. Right. Now she's in her favorite show. And we'll see how that goes in the next episode. Right. couple things before we go a little bit further. Um, I do like the fact that with Quicksilver, um, he's talking about stuff. And like he even says, where did you keep all these kids and everything? I'm starting to believe Quicksilver isn't Quicksilver. That's all I'm going to say. Mm, interesting. Right. Because you think he knows that he's not the Quicksilver? I don't think he does. He, that's what he was implying. Because when he says, I was like, he's like, one minute I'm running in the street and then I'm shot dead in the dirt. That was our Quicksilver from the Marvel movies. And he goes, and the next I heard you calling me. So I came. Um, so like, he never says that I, that I'm different or anything. I, I think I could be wrong, but he says a lot of stuff. I think he's, and I will give credit to Josh for this, uh, for this thing. He goes, I think the whole thing of getting the actor who played the other Quicksilver to come in is a big red herring is Mm -hmm. a huge red herring. And I'm starting to believe it. I give him all this credit. I believe he's whoever's involved with all this. And I believe he may be the mystical creature who's boosting, uh, Wanda's powers. Interesting. It's it's more for us to, cause they never say he's the one from the other universe, but our minds tell us that. So we're doing something without them ever telling us. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yes. Making him a character without ever going, no, they, they definitely said that. So I'm thinking Mephisto, but. That's what everyone's thinking. Right. That I I will also say is not my, that's what a lot of other people are saying. Okay. So I like this episode. I've been liking the show the whole time. I really like this episode and I will say Scarlet Witch looks good in her classic costume. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, been the consensus of a lot of people as well. Right. Looks good. Uh, I really like Paul Bettany in this, you know, he's, uh, uh, an actor that, uh, maybe I didn't know much about, but, uh, I'm enjoying what he's doing here. I always liked him, but I think he's now, other than being the sitcom foil, he's getting, he's getting to, he's getting to exercise his acting chops in this Mm -hmm. now. Because, you know, he's not, he's realizing something's wrong. So you want to head on to the Yo Magic? Okay, so let's head on to the Yo Magic and let's head on to the commercials as well, right? Mm -hmm. So a friend of mine, uh, Gavin Jasper, who I know back from uh, my wrestling days, uh, he writes for a website called Dead of Geek, and I check out his stuff. A lot of times his stuff is video game related. And the video game stuff that he writes about is he's a big fighting game guy. And he did a piece that I really enjoyed a couple of years ago where he like he ranked all of the uh, fatalities in the Mortal Kombat games. And like, <laughs> oh, that's a nostalgia button that hits for me. Um, but he wrote an article uh, saying that here with the episode six commercial, he has a theory of what these uh, commercials are supposed to represent. And I'll put a link to his article in the show notes with this episode. Um, But he essentially speculates that the commercials 
have all been parallels to each representing one of the different infinity stones. Gems. We're talking about the movies, so the stones. Gems. But anyway, go ahead. Um, so he... Uh, what it so obviously there's a lot so i missed um i guess there was the quicker picker upper one about the uh paper towels right we called did lagos which yep. was uh the name of the town or the city or whatever it was where wanda destroyed during civil war yes so you know and, and there's all the discussions there of uh the hydra backstory um where am i going with all this that each commercial represents, right? Yes, yes. Um, and they're all parallels to different things that the the stones did in the movies. Um, like so, okay. Uh, he says that the uh, toaster commercial visions head with the way that it looks, um, which is the mind stone, the watch, of course, the time, the time stone. In the Hydra Soak soap commercial, the soap looks like the Tesseract. Mm-hmm. And uh, the paper towels in the Lagos one, uh, wiping up a red liquid, which he mentions that the Reality Stone's base form is that red liquid that we saw in the Thor movies. Uh, and then this one, of course, the kid, he's trying to open up the thing of yogurt, and he ends up dying and just becoming like a skeleton uh, on an island by himself, reminiscent of Red Skull with the Soul Stone. Right. And then he says that the next one he feels will be very Power Stone related. And if it is, then his theory will be correct. Right. Uh, I like what... this theory. I don't think I've ever seen. I don't think I've seen anyone else float this theory. I, I didn't. I didn't. And then once you sent me this article, I look like I went around looking online. Yeah. And I I think I I've seen unless it was in this article because I get confused that maybe something with the infinity uh, gems being busted up and destroyed and turned into dust. Like I don't know if maybe she inhaled something. You know what I mean? Like as an essence of the powers. And that's what's doing this, but yeah, I've not seen anything with the with the Infinity stuff before this article. So it's a good. It's, I, I think it's a good theory. I'm all for it. Yep. So yeah, I'll uh, include that article. He goes into a little bit more uh, explanations of those sort of things, and uh, like I said, go check out. Uh, you know, Gavin's writings over there. He's a good follow on uh, Twitter as well. Mm-hmm. So that's it. I'm excited for the next uh, episode, you know? I am too. Mm-hmm. So everyone's so patting themselves on the back with the genre discussions of WandaVision. This felt more like a uh, modern family than anything else. I know a lot of people were like, Oh, it's going to be like the office. And, you know, I would say that the office kind of inspired modern family, but I would say that if you're going to line something up with this episode to anything else, it's going to be modern family over the office. Yes. No, maybe. I definitely agree. And I'm sad that it wasn't a nod to the Russo brothers. They should have did arrested development. Just get, uh, just get Richie Cunningham to do the, the narration. Oh, I would have popped for that. They could have even just did one where Wanda's talking to the kids 
And uh, she says, oh, everything's fine with your father. And then you hear Opie Cunningham as the neighbor, the narrator say, uh, he's not. Or like, you know what I mean? Everything wasn't fine. Right. Everything wasn't fine. And she's like, did you hear that? Mm-hmm. I like that idea. If that happens right. in the, ne- the next episode, we know uh, they stole your idea. Right, right. Um, so it appears as though Wanda is starting to lose control. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything in the house kind of keeps flipping back and forth between the different time periods, the different settings, the different everythings. Yep. Um, so she's, um, uh, so the kids are asking, of course, where Vision is. He's not there. And Wanda says, if he doesn't want to be here, then he doesn't have to be here. But it's not that easy because he can't escape, right? Right. Um, so uh, Agnes comes over and she says, I'll take the kids off your hand. You need a day alone to yourself to kind of clear your head, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so while that was going on, uh, we saw at the end of the last episode, the hex was extended further. It ate up some of the sword encampment. And one of the people that got sucked into it was Darcy. Now she's part of a circus. She's an escape artist. She's paired up with the Vision. Vision knows what's going on. Uh, knows that he tried to reach out to her. So he gives her like the touch to kind of free right. her mind from everything. Mm-hmm. So now she's on the trolley. The two of them are working together to get away, to get to Wanda, to figure out what's going on. But also in the midst of this, uh, Jimmy and Monica find out that um, Hayward was working on something called Project Cataract, which was trying to bring Vision back online. I do like that pun. Of course you do. He's trying to get his Vision back. Yes. Oh, boy. Um, so I guess, is it Wanda is hearing everyone's voices? Uh, No, 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 Billy, Billy hears everyone's voices. Right. But when he goes over to Agnes's house, he's like, I like it here. It's quiet. Yeah. Uh, related, but unrelated. Our commercial is for a new stress reliever drug called nexus my favorite commercial by far of the bits Mm -hmm. i think we're away from the theory that was floated last week uh in regards to them being infinity gemstone related um because isn't this wanda was at one point of the comics like a nexus point of reality yes i believe but i also believe that this was the last of the the Infinity Stones, wasn't it? Oh, like, okay, so it is. It is my mistake, right? But I think it is like it was like oh, like don't the whole thing was for drugs or whatever. And I want to say was it the Reality Stone that they were probably doing or something like that? So it would have the Nexus of Realities. I think it all comes together. I'm not doing it very much justice, but I think it is the last of the the stones. Hmm. Stones. I keep selling stones, gems. I don't care. You know they're supposed to be gems. Yes. But, so we'll see. But I do think it has something to do with the Nexus of Reality. Mm-hmm. Now, back to Outside the Hex, 
Mo- or, uh, yeah, Monica calls in the people that are still loyal to her at S.W.O.R.D. And she is going to get inside the hex. Mm-hmm. They bring a heavily armed space rover. They fit her up in a full space outfit, helmet and all. And she drives it straight to the ne- the hex. And it ain't getting through. It starts to get unwritten by the hex. And Monica gets out in time. Uh, before the space rover is completely doesn't like it half become like an old pickup truck or something. Yeah, because it goes through and then gets shot out, so it's half rewritten as the space rover half uh, half like I don't know like a box truck or something like that. Right. So Monica's just like, I'm gonna do it. Um, I'm gonna go in. You know, this will be the third time that I'm completely rewritten from a structural structural basis. What's the worst that could happen? And that's her superhero origin now. She gets uh, superpowers. Yeah, because doesn't that spacesuit look an awful lot like a black and white version of the Photon costume? Kind of, sort of does. It does, doesn't it? Uh-huh. Um, so she goes in. She makes a beeline right to Wanda's house. And Wanda's like, you need to leave. Uh, I don't want you here. And Monica is just kind of like, listen. You know, if you want me gone, you know, get rid of me. And Wanda can't. And she's like, the only time I ever did anything here that I didn't want to do was when you made me. Mm -hmm. She's like, I'm here to help regardless of whatever else is going on, whatever else has happened. I'm here to help. Well, it's at this point where Agnes intervenes on what's going on between Monica and Wanda. She sends Monica off and brings Wanda into her house. Mm-hmm. And while all this going on, it's Darcy and Vision trying to make it back to the house. But a series of comical events is stopping Vision from getting back in the funnel cake truck, which is a great way to, for the Vision to travel. But also, Darcy gives Vision the full Megillah on his whole life. Like, you died, blah, blah, blah. Like, he, now he knows everything. Right. So now... Inside Agnes's house, Wanda comes in. She sits down. She sees, like, the half-eaten food, TV on a kid's program. None of the kids around. So she asks where the boys are. And Agnes tells her that they're down in the basement. And Wanda goes down into the basement. And uh, the basement seems certainly very creepy, doesn't it? Just a smidge. And Agnes is shortly behind her. And then we get the montage to end the show that it was Agatha all along. Mm -hmm. And we see everything from the previous episodes, how Agnes, now Agatha, has been pulling the strings behind everything. She's been the one who's been manipulating Wanda to do everything. Uh, Yes. The only, and this is... Only the slight problem that I have with the whole episode and the series is in that scene. It's great to say it was Agatha all along, but we know who Agatha is. You know, I know who Agatha is. You know who Agatha is from reading comics. I feel like it lays flat if you've never read a comic and don't know who Agatha Harkness is. Do you know what I mean? It's like, hey, it was Agatha all along. You should have known. And it's like, 
Well, how would anybody who's never, you know, who's just watching the TVs and movies know what the heck you're talking about with this? Because if you had just said, if it's Agnes, yes, but not this character, it just seems like the name reveal people are supposed to know, and it's just irrelevant to most people. Uh, does it make make sense at all what I'm trying to say? It does. It does. Mm-hmm. I, I get what they were going for, but and I get why it works for us. And I'll even go you one more. Um, I know when we talked about is- episodes two and three, and we talked about the actress who played Kitty from that '70s show, right? Right. Um, Deborah Jo Rupp. In her original appearances, when I looked it up on IMDb. She was listed on IMDb as Agatha. It has oh. since been changed to Mrs. Hart. I wonder if that was, if Agnes was masquerading as Agatha. You know what I mean? Because that's Agatha a good question. Old? Isn't Agatha older? Yes. So I'm wondering if this is like a look for her, but her real, like, as the neighbor, you know what I mean, is what she looks like. But what she really looks like is Agatha, like, from 70s show. So I'll, right, so I'll even go, right, so it could be, that could even end up being the reveal that it's the same character who is playing two different roles during the course of the series. Mm -hmm. And them on IMDb listing her name initially as Agatha was a mistake because of this reveal here. Mm-hmm. I know I wasn't like, I know I didn't make it up. That, Cause when I, remember... I saw it when I looked at the IMDB for page for episodes one and two. Mm-hmm. Like I need to screenshot these things. Yes. Cause I even remember you were like, you don't hire a name actress like that and then give her a bit part. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not weird. even a name actress, a recognizable actress. Right. Somebody whom you may not know the actress's name, but I know her from a thousand things. You know yes. what I mean? So I liked this episode, but I'm with you in that the reveal of Agnes being Agatha seemed to be too cute for its own good. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of other bits in the show. And I, while I thought it was funny of Darcy and Vision being delayed by all the comical things of like the kids crossing the street and the road work and everything else. And you could make the excuse that Vision had just had his entire life laid out to him, which is why he didn't realize, oh, I could just phase and fly away and leave Darcy here to deal with this. Mm -hmm. He could have done that sooner. But if he doesn't do that sooner, then all the other stuff in the plot doesn't happen. Right. Now, a quick question. Who was doing all that? Well, I would assume that that was Agatha. Right. Because because... we even get the bit where, from the previous episode, where she's stuck outside the town, and she got lost, and then Vision has to give her the touch to see what's really going on, and then she apparently fakes that she's being kept there by Wanda. Mm Mm-hmm. To throw Vision off the trail... To throw us, the viewers, off the trail. Right, because during the episode, it seemed like, because it seemed like even Vision said, it was like, it seems like uh, uh, Wanda doesn't want me to come home. She's throwing stuff up. But in the end, it's like, oh, maybe it was Agatha, you know? Like, so I don't know. It seems like a little vague on that. But, you know, maybe we'll get answers in the next episode, the the extra long episodes, apparently. Oh boy. It's, it's, it's when they say that these are extra long episodes, it's like almost like it's a, it's a threat. 
Yes. But and then there was an after credit scene, Joe. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, was this after credits the scene that's uh I don't know, it's just like uh Pietro was there and that was it. And he says, uh what's it say? Snooper's gonna snoop. Yeah, but I think it's because two thousand was when we started getting after credit scenes in Marvel movies. Oh, so it had to be there? Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because, like, like uh, Iron Man was the first one to get an after credit scene, blah, blah, blah. So it's like, well, now we're into the decade where stuff has, and I almost cursed, has after, uh, <laughs> after credit scenes. I don't know. That's just a weird thought that I have. Yeah, but like I said, this was a this was a good episode, but I think they think this reveal of Agnes being Agatha is cuter than it actually is. I agree, and I also think that up to this point, I think this is the weakest episode of the whole bunch because it's the one time that the thing that they were aping surpasses the TV show that we're watching. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're watching Bewitched, like, Bewitched isn't a big bar to get over for writing and acting. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was it was 60 Styles TV, which was very cookie-cutter, blah, blah, blah. You know, here's the misunderstanding of the week or whatever. So I think the TV shows look better and are acted better and, you know, are written better than the old older TV shows. But when you get to we're going to do a parody of modern family or arrested development or the office, AKA the documentary TV shows that a lot of these things are that this is the first time it fell short because the writing is way better in 2000 for those shows. Uh, and just the way they're acting, it just seemed like it was still everyday cookie cutter sitcoms if i don't know if i'm making any sense it just didn't surpass what you were parroting is the best way yeah but so but i you know it's not gonna we still have two episodes so i'm not gonna let that bother me but like i said least the 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 episode i like the least of all the episodes yeah and i'm sure they're gonna lay some more groundwork they're gonna give us some more information to kind of further flesh out the the why and the how of agnes agatha Mm mm-hmm and then that's going to set up for the big brouhaha at the end for the final episode. Uh, I have faith this far. It just felt as though this, I'm, I'm with you. This was the weakest episode to date. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and then listen, six, six home runs and a triple, you know, I don't know. All right. Six homes run. And I'll give you a double, but okay. Um, two quick questions. Cause you were saying you think maybe the nexus of reality kind of has a thing going on here, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think we'll see Man-Thing, the guardian of the Nexus of Realities? That'd be pretty cool. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. And then I'm trying to think of what the other... I had another question, but I lost it. Well, while you're thinking, of course, what I I think it is, Wanda is that Nexus of Reality, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Agatha knows this, finds this, and attempts to exploit this, right? Right. Um, and that's why she's been manipulating her to try to gain access, control, or whatever to this nexus of reality through Wanda, who is going through this trauma. But obviously, to get to that point, we need more information on Agnes Agatha to figure out her motives other than just, I'm evil, right? Right. We're going to get we're gonna get her spinoff show. And the this is the Al's gals for uh, WandaVision, Joe. 
Right. Now, the other thing, and a friend of mine pointed this out on Twitter, my friend Chris mentioned, um, so we are given a timeline on this. You know, I, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, it's like, we are given a specific timeline of when this happens, right? Mm-hmm. And that this happens, like, right after the blip of the five years. And correct me if I'm wrong, if we are putting everything together chronologically, this WandaVision takes place before Spider-Man Far From Home. I, You know what? That's something that I heard, too, yes. So when we get the end from Spider-Man Far From Home, where the other Jonah, J. Jonah Jameson shows up at the end of that, with no real explanation... Does that now tie into this? Right. It could be. I don't know. Mm. I'm with you. That's an interesting take on it. Yeah. But but are they also saying that that J. Jonah Jameson is our J. Jonah Jameson anyway in this universe, you know? Right. Or is that reality re-knitting itself with the three different, at least cinematically, versions of Spider-Man And now whatever it is, because he was off in another country, we, they, don't realize that these things are knitting back together. But once they, it's not like Peter saw that at the end of Far From Home and is like, that's not the Jonah I remember. Right. He just looks and is like, that's J. Jonah Jameson. We look and say, that's a different J. Jonah Jameson. That's the original J. Jonah Jameson. Right. Even though there was never... A J. Jonah in any of the other, in the Garfield or this one, right? I don't think so. That's what I thought. I think they didn't have one because with the Garfield one, they were afraid because they were fresh off of him being J. Jonah Jameson. And as far as I'm concerned, top five actual like versions of any comic character, like nailing it, like just, just getting it right. So I think they were afraid with Garfield and then... Obviously, there wasn't a J. Jonah in the first Spider-Man with uh, Toby, not Toby Maguire, who's the the modern Spider-Man. But either way, um, and then this is the first mention that I think that we're getting of it. And now, like you're saying, maybe it is because now we go into Doctor Strange, the multiverse. After this, movie-wise, because obviously Black Widow was, as we've said before, was supposed to be out, and that was more of a prequel movie anyway. Right. So, but we still didn't find out who the astrophysicist is, did we? No. So, still hoping for Reed. That's all I'm going to say. That would be interesting. I'm excited. There's still a lot left. Um, I'm, I, like I said, you know, we made it this far. I, I, I feel as though they're going to stick the landing. It just, you know, a little bit you, of a speed bump with this this episode, and we're definitely in the minority. I think. No, I get a lot you. more people enjoyed this one, had a lot more fun with it than we did. I agree, especially uh, your buddy, the boar. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we'll see. It's two more episodes ago. I'm looking forward to them. For sure. Have you seen the glut of marketing online and the memification of it was Agatha all along? Just a smidge, yes. Uh, I think, so I came into, I woke up on Monday, and you know, I do my uh, Marvel Insider to get my points. 
for my uh, Marvel Puzzle Quest stuff, right? Right. And they uh, have a whole page of Ag- it was Agatha all along merchandise. It's as though they'd been waiting on this for months. <laughs> um, and I think, and I think it's just because you can like mass market these things like at a in a blink of an eye, you know? Right. Um, they like I think the episode aired on Friday, and that afternoon you were able to buy Funko Pops based on the way the characters looked in the episode. Okay. Um, both Agatha and Vision. <laughs> so it's just so funny that, like, this stuff... Like, what if uh, it was Agatha all along didn't hit? Um, well, I guess they got to... I forget who they said they got to do the theme song. Was somebody who had written, like, like catchy award-winning tunes beforehand. So they were kind of like... You know, we're we're hoping on this one. You know what I mean? I think it would have landed, not landed the way it did, is if you just had Funko Pops and merchandise, it would, you know, it'd be like, all right, we're going to sell regardless. Um, but you got lucky and had the, the hook, if you will, you know? Was it Paul Anka who wrote the theme? I don't know. Off the top of my head. Okay. That's who oh, they got to stop. That's who they got to stop the uh, advertising monsters in uh, the Simpsons. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> you had me there for a second. All right, uh, but there's tumblers and shirts and water bottles and phone covers and coffee mugs. Um, of all your favorite Agatha all along items. <laughs> now I saw someone say, and I haven't gotten a chance to go back and watch the episode. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that the 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 ditty behind it is was in every episode. Oh, really? Yes. So really? I don't have is the that... sort of time in my life, as we've discussed on previous shows, to go back and listen to all, watch the previous episodes to hear the ditty right. for the Agatha all along. No, I get you. Yeah. So that being said, this episode was Agatha taking Wanda back through her life before the Avengers, before Age of Ultron, during the Avengers movies to find out why, why she has this power, why she has this ability to be able to shape reality at a, at, on a whim. Right. And we get a lot of information about Wanda's past, her childhood growing up. And I would be remiss to mention friend of uh, at least some of the shows on the soon to be named network. My friend Tom tweeted out uh, saying that he feels old and Tom's not old, but you and I are old. That in a show in 2021, they could do a bit of here's some nostalgia with DVD box sets. Remember those? Yep. Yep. I still buy DVD box sets. Somebody I'm the last D- one doing it. Somebody just bought a DD- DVD box set of Manimal, we hope. so. Right. I didn't see that in the case for Wanda, oh. that Wanda's family had. That would have been great. They had Manimal. Or they had all 28 seasons of the, the classic Doctor Who. It would have been way better. No, no, no. I don't think so. But before all of that, we do get a little bit of Agatha's origin. 
um, where it makes it look as though she's going to be put at the Salem witch trials, but it's a witch trial of a different style because (laughs) she is being put on to be burned by her own coven because she betrayed them. Um, And it turns out she became privy to some sort of knowledge or power that was too much for her at her age. But that was able, as they all attempted to burn her alive, she defended herself. They all had, like, blue power. She has purple power. She was able to overtake all of them, including her mother. And she turned them into dried-out husks. Which is very fun for all you folks that are watching a fun, cute Marvel show about sitcoms and all sorts of junk. (laughs) Stuff like that. It's like, here's some dried out husks. Enjoy your cute TV show. Give the give the guy, the sound guy an Emmy for the sound of those dried out husks. Their sickening thud when they hit the ground. Mm-hmm. But I do like the fact anytime because like she's like they're they put her on the stake and you kind of realize that something's up when the, they bind her with magic. So you're like, okay. It's not that they're burning her for a witch, because why would they use magic to do it? And I'm like, oh, and you start to see what's going on. And then when she's like, it wasn't my fault. It, the magic came to overtook me. We can fight it. And I love when an evil person does the innocent routine. And then at one per one person just goes like, give it up. And then there's that like flick of the switch where I'm like, ah, okay, I tried kind of a deal. That is a trope that I never get tired of. Love it. And I think she like the actress who plays Agatha, like, just nailed that that part, you know? So, so that's where we get Agatha taking Wanda through all these different doors through her past to try to find out essentially how, and, like, she's kind of explaining what's been going on. How, mm-hmm. essentially, Wanda has been doing this running her magic on autopilot. Right. Without really having to concentrate and focus and continuing to be active in it, she just has this radius around her. And maybe I didn't quite catch it, but I don't think we really get a definitive answer as to how, outside of the... we No, we have the bit where she touches the Infinity Stone. After their kids and they're watching with the parents, they're watching the DVD box sets. That's how they're assisting learning English. There's the bombing that takes out the parents. Then we see her in with Hydra. She comes in, she states her name, and she states that she's there as a volunteer. She touches the the, the Tesseract, you would call it? No. No. It was inside a blue sphere, but it turned out to be the mind stone that was right. what was in the, the staff because it was able to make mind control everybody remember you touch somebody wouldn't be like you they do whatever you said yeah so which i find interesting because she touches that so but oh, what, so it's in that blue whatever she touches it and that's when it's revealed as the the mind one but on the video we don't see any of that like the that that gets wiped from the video right and she has a vision pun intended of somebody coming to see her and it looks like somebody in the silhouette of a scarlet witch costume okay do you remember that at all or no yes okay so i at first thought it was mantis with like the 
the like honest to god like guardians of the galaxy like the antenna and then i rewound it i'm like it looks like she's wearing a, a scarlet witch costume so i think it's either scarlet witch uh, talking to herself or th- wasn't there somebody who was wasn't her mother also a scarlet witch well so okay so that's the thing and i guess we have to jump around just a little bit sorry because we get to the end of the reveal and i don't know if it had the same punch or it didn't have the punch for me that it, i hope maybe it had the punch for you that it didn't have for me that i think that they were intending where we get the bit at the end where Agatha says, you're a Scarlet Witch, as opposed to you're the Scarlet Witch, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm not as up on these sort of things to really know that there's a difference between being Scarlet Witch and the Scarlet Witch or a Scarlet Witch, if that any of that makes sense. No, I get you. I get you. Okay. But I, so, I don't know. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was say I don't know why I vaguely remember because I'm not a big like Scarlet Witch and Vision, but I know some a friend of mine was years ago was a big Scarlet Witch fan. But I do believe like later on somewhere along the line, it was a title that was passed down. I think like if you if you were then that wherever they come from like a Sokovia kind of a deal, and I'm wondering if we're gonna get the whole thing that they weren't. Wanda and Pietro's real parents they were adopted parents and were swerving into this this Scarlet Witch version of her mother and maybe somebody who was her father you know right so like I said the, the we don't get a clear shot it definitely has like the two little peaks that are on the top of like what we know is the comic book Scarlet Witch costume but we don't get a clear enough look and I don't think we're supposed to know who it is right uh, so then the next step is after um, Scarlet Witch is kind of cooped up at the Avengers Mansion. She's sitting alone in the room watching the TV. And Vision kind of comes in. It's been her his task to kind of comfort her to make sure that she stays there. And that's where they have this heart-to-heart conversation. This is like technically the beginning of their relationship. And this is a scene that kind of got memefied over the weekend regarding the dialogue here, right? Right. Um, you know, it was a touching scene. Uh, who knew the robot had heart, Joe? Yeah. Did you like the line, though, about persevering? Or did yeah, you, you know, it was fine. Corny? Okay, I didn't know if you thought it was... Because there's some people who really loved it, and there's a lot of people who thought it was too corny. I am uh, somewhere between... Yeah, it was all right, and really liking it. Like, somewhere in there. I thought yeah, that yeah. was a really good line. It was really good for a comic book movie, uh, for a normal movie, you know, I guess. Comic book movies are normal movies at this point. Um, you know, it was a little flowery of the prose for me, but it's nothing that we wouldn't see in a comic book of this ilk, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's not like it's like, oh, man, this was like some of the greatest dialogue I've ever seen in something. I'm like, no, it was fine. You know, it was exactly what it needed to be. Right, but it's going to live on, Joe. Yes. Ugh. Something something will happen Wednesday and everyone will forget about it. Right. Well, then that the final episode because I want to. Yes. When we get to the end of this talk, I have a few questions for you. But go ahead. So then we get to the scene of Wanda going to Sword to get the Vision to see the Vision. In um, a flashback, yeah. Right. In a flashback, this is you know Agatha still taking her back through these things, right? Mm-hmm. So we previous episodes have been led to believe. That Wanda came in like fist to fly in, you know, blazing and steals the Vision's body. 
Mm -hmm. This tells us a different story. That she shows up, and they're kind of trying to like, oh, no, you know, you really can't. And they're like, okay, well, if this is what you want to see, we're going to show you. And the vision is just kind of like all taken apart in pieces. Right. Um, She freaks out. Uh, She goes down there, and as she's touching his head, she essentially says, I can't feel you anymore. Mm -hmm. That he's gone. And then she just kind of goes out to her car, and in the car she has something. A piece of paper, a folder, whatever it is. Uh, This is when she drives to uh, Westville. And, uh, you know, listen, I don't know if we have... Uh, listeners in New Jersey or not, but it looks like any sort of dump town, a couple exits off 80 east in New Jersey. Yep. Um, we see a lot of familiar faces, people that we've gotten to know over the past several issues beforehand. She drives her car to a place that's just an empty lot, and she opens it up, and inside is a deed that the Vision has wrote, written in uh, for us to uh, for us to grow old in. So she has a big reaction to this. She, out of nothing, creates the house. She turns the entire town into, like, the Dick Van Dyke town that we saw in episode one. And then she essentially recreates the vision from scratch. Right. And that kind of leads us to where we are. Um, We're, you know, then shown that this has all been, like, set up like a TV show with a studio audience that Agatha's in. She has the boys kind of being held captive, and then that's when we get the bit where Agatha says, "You're a Scarlet Witch." Right. And I just want to go back to when she attack was she goes to to like the Vision's body. I was all one hundred percent in on the head of Sword. Uh, what was his name? Hay- Haywood. Hayward, whatever. She's like, I'm here to like give him a burial. That was like, that's what we should do. We should honor him. And he's like, Yeah, that's great. But I can't just let you take $3 billion worth of vibranium, you know, a sentient weapon, and, like, just go buried in the ground somewhere. Like, and I'm like, you know what? In my weird brain, I'm like, I, you know what? I agree with this guy. Like, you just can't leave $3 billion worth of vibranium for somebody. You know somebody's going to try and dig it up. You know what I mean? But then, like, she leaves. She doesn't take the body. And he puts... He puts the, you know, the blame on her that she stole the body and create all this. Like, whatever he's, you know, up to, like, he's com- completely off the bend line now into villain territory. You know what I mean? So, right. I just I, I, I just thought that was a real interesting swerve. So. And then our post credit sequence, we find out that they do actually have the vision still. Um, the... Vision that we've been watching this whole time has just been a creation of Wanda's. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back online and he is the fully white vision that we've right. seen in the comic books. Do you know why they made him white in the comics like that? I do not. Okay, because originally back in the day when they created him, the vision and the because he's the vision, it was supposed to be like ghostly. They wanted him to be white originally, and they're like, we they didn't have the technology in the in the Silver Age that if they wanted him white, they just wouldn't have added any coloring. So he would have been the page color, if you know what I mean. Yeah. 
So they were like, well, that's not going to work with what we have now. So they ended up making them. And they didn't want purple, like the, a couple of colors that they're like, we've been reusing. Like the, the So they went with green, red, and yellow. And they're like, all right, that's going to go. So when they did this whole storyline in West Coast Avengers, which is a billion-dollar book by now, um, it they were like, let's do what the original idea and make him white in the comic. So they did that in the in the show. Like I was like, I just thought that was a real interesting like story to hear. That like, oh, the the vision would have been a completely different color, and now we can't see him any other way. And I always heard a lot of people when they changed him to white in West Coast Avengers, everybody's like, I hate this because they had been come so accustomed to the classic look of him. You know what I mean? Right. So, but so watching it. Um, I didn't like it as much talking about it. I like it a lot more. Right. Getting now, a lot of the stuff that's inside my head out about mm-hmm. it, you know? I get you. I, I, I really liked the episode. I liked the whole, like, story of Scarlet Witch, you know? Like, just like her past told, and we got more information, we found out why she has a nostalgia for the old TV shows, stuff like that. So I, I liked it way more than you, and as we're talking about it, I like it just as much. Yep. But, so- uh... Were those, what other, did you have any other questions? Yes. Um, just real quick, this has nothing to do with what's going to be in the next episode, but when we were seeing the, the, the post credit scene, was that a spaceship or something that they had that we were like, all we have to do is power it up? Like, did they have something? I couldn't make up what that black thing was. It looked like a Quinjet, but... Hmm. I, I assumed know. when they said all we have to do is power it up, they were, they were referring to the Vision himself. Right, but then there was like a weird color over the black, so I wasn't sure. But my question is, there's rumors of a cameo in the next episode. Do you have any guesses as to who that might be? No. Um, just from the way that people are talking, I assume that it's going to be possibly Reed Richards, like whatever the Reed Richards is going to be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe sort of things. But I'm basing that on just a bunch of people speculating as well. Right, because they said oh. that... So, okay, okay. Um, as I'm kind of revisiting some of this stuff, I'll go back to your 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 question about the ship in a second. Go ahead. But because they did, like, because there's a couple of things that they've left, like, hanging in all of this. Mm-hmm. One of them is obviously she went to see an astrophysicist. But the person who gave her that buggy, Photon, who gave her the buggy, I don't think was an astrophysicist. I just thought was a regular soldier. So I don't know if we met the astrophysicist because if we did, it was a real letdown when everybody was like, oh, it's going to be a cool cameo. Uh, uh-huh. the, ca- the cameos that I think is either going to be Doctor Strange because we're getting into the magic world and he has a movie coming up next year. It's Samuel L. Jackson coming back to take over S.W.O.R.D., because apparently the last we saw him, he was in space with Spider-Man. And that's the next big Marvel movie, not counting Shang-Chi and Eternals. That it's going to lead into that like infinite worlds kind of thing that they're hinting at with Spider-Man. But the one that I really want it to be, other than Reed, is I would really love for Dick Van Dyke to actually get a cameo in this show. To show up and like be with the Scarlet Witch. like Because that was her favorite show during all of this. I would kill. And also for Dick Van Dyke to get that payday. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, what if, you know, one some would say that the original design of Reed back in the 60s was probably very Dick Van Dyke-esque. Yep, definitely. And what if they kind of de-aged current-day Dick Van Dyke to be Reed? 
Right, but then you'd be stuck with that look for a while. And like and there'd be no way around it in these sci-fi movies, Joe. Yeah. I mean, look at like what they did with Pietro. He looks exactly like we saw him back in Age of Ultron. <laughs> Uh, so lastly, the, the thing right before they power up the vision, right? You said there was like a ship, a thing. Right. Um, I think that was the drone that they sent in. Okay. Because it had like all like red, like Wanda powers and like whatever around it. Okay. And I think that was one of the drones that they had attempted to send in that still had like Wanda powers on it or something. I think maybe that's what they needed to power up the vision possibly they sent it in that was part of his operation cataract because when you said it was a quinjet i'm thinking a big thing and i'm like i didn't remember like a big thing i remember like a little thing like a model or something okay but i'm almost certain that it was one of the like one of the drones that they tried to send in to the hex because i remember it was like in a thing it was like in a big case that had like blue lights and then had like the red wand of smoke around it right that's what it was had that tinge of red yeah Fair enough. That makes more sense. I couldn't... I was looking at it, and my brain wasn't telling me what it looked like. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. For sure. And uh, now it's time to get into uh, WandaVision, the season finale. Mm Mm-hmm. The big dukeroo. (laughs) Mano-a-mano. Um... Okay, so we get more of, you know, the big revelation at the end of the last episode where uh, Agatha says, you know, you are the Scarlet Witch, right? And just, you know, and they they do a really good job of kind of clarifying this for someone like me who is like, well, you know, like, what's the difference between Scarlet Witch and the Scarlet Witch? And they kind of explain that, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, that Scarlet Witch is, you know, supposed to be, or the Scarlet Witch is supposed to be the one that kind of brings about, like, what, Armageddon? Kind of, it seemed like, the one to rival the Sorcerer Supreme. Right. Um. So help me out here. Right, so she ends up saying, like, you you have the power to, like, rearrange or destroy everything, and she has the Darkhold, which is the book of uh, Agatha now, has, like, the book that is the key to it all, I guess. Yeah, Necronomiconics Mortis, yes. Yes, which I guess was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I don't oh. know. So no one knows it exists. Exactly. <laughs> um, so while this battle is going on, um, Wanda uses her powers to just, like, toss a car at Agatha, and it looks like she's done for. And mm-hmm. while Wanda's going to check the wreckage, this is when White Vision shows up. Right. Uh, the actual Vision, um, not the one that Wanda created. Right, the empty husk body deal. Yes, but then the the Vision that she created then shows up, and those two visions have a big, drawn-out battle throughout the town. Right, and then end up having a philosophical conversation right um now i will say this you know we're we're at the point of course where there's so much done with cg and you know we're watching it on tv so the cg may not be as strong as if you're watching an actual movie uh i think they did a really good job of the battle 
between the two visions without making it so obviously noticeable that we were just watching computer images on a screen. Ironic that it's two robots, you know? Right. No, I think they did a good job on the effect. Well, Disney's pumping the money. It's the same thing. I mean, it's not much different than seeing The Mandalorian. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I think it stands out a little bit more is because they're using everyday items that we see in our life. So when I see a computer generated version of a ship, that's not real where I see a computer generated version of an Audi, you're like, Oh, okay. That looks a little off. You know what I mean? But anyway. Uh, so, uh, Hayward is back at their little location for sword watching the whole thing. Um, Jimmy Woo is brought in in handcuffs, kind of makes a false threat that his FBI people are going to be here in an hour. Hayward says it doesn't matter because Wanda, quote unquote, canceled her show. So there's no proof of anything that we did. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we could just easily take Wanda down and there's nothing that you could do about it. Uh, But luckily, Jimmy gets his hands on his cell phone, uses uh, some of the sleight of hand that he learned from Scott Lang, Flourish. (laughs) And is able to get out of the handcuffs and actually make good on his bluff in the hopes to get his FBI cohorts there in an hour like he had threatened Hayward with. Uh, in the attempt that was to get Hayward to move up his timetable to try to take down Wanda. Right. And when he calls, he says, hey, Clint, do you think it was Hawkeye? Hmm. Is Clint FBI? He's not, but he's government. Maybe he that's who he called because he would kind of know who they he would know who they are because when they got arrested for for helping Cap during Civil War, Clint and Ant Man got amnesty to be able to go home to their family. So if Jimmy Woo was looking in on was looking in on Ant Man, why wouldn't he look in on Clint and know who he was? Okay, do you know what I mean? Like I'm I'm doing vague stretches here. But like, cause obviously they got their, they got everything cleared after they saved the world from Thanos. I'm just thinking he, he, he was like, I could call the FBI or I could just go straight to the source and call Clint to get me help. You know what I mean? Because I don't know. That's the way I look at it. Well, while this is going on, the fight between Agatha and Scarlet Witch is weakening the hex apparently. Right. Right. Um, so not only is it weakening the hex, um, Agatha is able to kind of push the hold that Wanda has on all the people and they all start coming, excuse me, toward Wanda just saying like, please let us go. Like what you've done to us is terrible. And Wanda is just kind of, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to make of all this. Um, you know, kind of putting a a rough spot there, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, we also see that Monica is being held captive by, uh, age of apocalypse X-Men first class. Quicksilver, mm-hmm. but we then learned that he's apparently just an actor that was hired by Agatha, and he has a charm around his neck that is making him have the Quicksilver powers, which Monica figures out, pops off his neck, and then she's able to get free to come out and attempt to help matters outside right. of uh, the house that she's in. And this is also when... Um, the boys also are back at the house after Wanda had sent them away. They could realize that their parents are in trouble as well. Okay. I want to touch on the, the Quicksilver thing. Okay. So his name was Ralph Bonner, Boner, whatever. Cause he does. Uh, the, yes. 
he does the gag about it. So he was the Ralph that Agatha was always talking about. But now, um, I've and this is all speculation. I, I I'm of two minds on this because I've seen people online. This one isn't mine. Is that he is the uh, witness that in witness protection that Jimmy Woo was coming to see because uh, like he has this like thing where like he laughs at his own name. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm thinking like, this is the name that he got and he finds it funny and all this. So is he like the Pietro from another world here? Whatever. There's a whole bunch of stuff on that. I don't think so much that he's that. I think he is, uh, that this is the most meta thing in the show is that we wanted it to be Pietro in the worst way, kind of the way Wanda wanted everything to be the way it was in her hex. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they fooled us. We became Wanda at that point. Like we're going to give you Pietro. We're going to give you the X-Men stuff. You're going to think the X-Men are coming in, but you're fooling yourself because you have grief that there's no mutants in the Marvel universe right now. I don't know. That's uh, I'm of two minds. I don't know if you have any ideas or theories on any of that stuff. No, I don't have any theories. I like your theories. Right. But I do think he's going to come back. I do think because Wanda's supposedly going to be spoiler alert. She survives the series um, and goes into uh, the Doctor Strange movie. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it this wasn't the end of Ralph Bonner, if you know what I mean. Yes. So. So with all the townspeople of Westfield around her, uh, Wanda, they're essentially telling her uh, that her grief is poisoning them. Mm-hmm. But with this hold that they have over them. So she makes the decision, okay, if this is what I'm doing, I'm just going to take down the hex that's surrounding Westview. But in doing so, the boys and the vision that she created start to get unwritten as well. Mm-hmm. So now Wanda needs to make the decision is to sacrifice her family or sacrifice these innocent people. Right. So she, in the midst of this, enough time that the hex is down for enough so a good chunk of Hayward's men can come in mm-hmm. she then puts the um the hex back up to save her family but it's too late she and the family are surrounded by his military goons vision flies off to finalize his battle with husk vision white vision whatever that is mm-hmm. and uh then Wanda flies off to have her final battle with uh, Agatha. And so this is the part where um, I would say Hayward's hubris is at an all-time high, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, he's in front of his men, who sure are following his orders, but I'm also certain that there's probably, you know, a few townspeople maybe somewhere around, even though they were all told to get away. Right. Uh, Hayward just decides I'm going to open fire point blank range at two children. Right. And think I have no repercussions that are going to come from this. Uh, Luckily, Monica is there to stop the bullets and save the kids. And luckily Darcy shows up in the, uh, the cotton candy ice cream truck (laughs) to slam into Hayward. But like, I don't know, like when do we transfer over to, uh, covert black ops evil to pure cartoon mustache twirling villainy where we just open fire in broad daylight on two children. Two fake kids, though, Joe. It's okay. That don't matter. Hey, you listen. 
I'm I'm with you, but at this point, I do believe he kind of knew that the kids weren't real, and the vision that Wanda created wasn't real. And he's like, "Eh, these kids have powers and can stop me. I'm not worried about fake like." Do you know what I mean? Like, so I don't see him. I'm not saying he's a good guy, but I get because we've come to know and love these kids. But as a government agent, it's like I'm not going to get any flack for killing two imaginary, magically beamed into the world fake people. He'll be fine. But he goes too far with everything else. That's how he's going to be taken down, kind of a deal. So I don't see him as mustache twirling villain. I. At that point, like he's so different than everything that's come. I don't know if I'm making sense what I'm trying to say. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't have any kids, so I don't care. I don't look right. at it that way. But uh, like with with all that going on, and then like Vision in his battle has the battle where they discuss the ship that's slowly rotting, and like which Vision is the real Vision, the Vision that kind of has a lot of his memories, or the the body that doesn't have anything, and he touches the power thing on the white vision set. So I'm kind of wondering like if he transferred any, like if the white vision is emerging of the white vision and Wanda's vision now or something, because in the end he just flies off, which is like, I'm guess we'll see him later, but that was one of the weirder things, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so while that happens, Wanda's vision goes and uh, kind of reconciles with the kid, the kids Wanda then takes Agatha back to a point that we saw a couple episodes ago where Agatha was going to be burned at the stake by her fellow witches. Mm-hmm. But then as those witches come back to life, they recognize Wanda as the Scarlet Witch. Um, and they're going to burn her at the stake. But that's when Wanda has her big power up moment. Mm-hmm. She comes super Saiyan if that means something. I don't know. I don't. I listen. I don't watch uh, Pokemon, so I don't know what that's a reference to. I think it's you. Uh, I don't even know what the name of the show is, but anyway. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then they have their big battle, right? So with the wall uh, back up, um, the hex around the town it was shut down, and then it was brought back up. Wanda and Agatha are having their big battle above the town. Agatha gets Wanda in a compromising position. She's about to defeat her. And then, and then, luckily they reminded us from last week when a witch puts their runes around the room, only they are the ones to allowed to cast their magic. And it turns out that when Wanda rebuilt the hex back up, she put her runes around everything which negated Agatha's power, which, powers, which I thought was a great callback, even though Wanda maybe let herself down uh, to look too defeated for too long, uh, where once they came back and the runes were back up, she should have just crushed Agatha. But this is a TV show, and we need a little bit more drama in all of this. Right, but Scarlet Witch is like the Scarlet Witch. So literally, she was born to rune, Joe. Oh, boy. Right. Uh, so yes. this, it, when she finally dis, like deals that big killing blow, quote unquote, to Agatha, this is where we see Wanda take her final form. Uh, as Todd mentioned, some sort of Gundam thing or some sort of Super Saiyan thing. Dragon Ball see, Z. There yeah, you go. Me. That's what it was. <laughs> where we see her, Wanda, look like the vision that she saw in the flashbacks when she touched 
was it the soul gem that she touched? Mindstone. Or mind Mindstone, where we see that full potential, that full look of what Wanda is and can be. And that's how she finally takes Agatha down. Mm-hmm. And then he, she, he, she basically goes, from here on out, you'll be the Agatha you made for yourself. And she ends up, like, warping her. So Agatha is the, the nosy neighbor thing, which to Agatha is probably, like, heck on earth. You know what I mean? Like, that's the worst punishment she could do to her. Yeah. I did like that, though. So they wrap that up. Wanda, Vision, and the boys go back home. They tuck them in one last time. Wanda and Vision have one last moment together before Wanda takes down the hex. And her vision, the boys, the house, the life that she's created for herself are all gone. The only thing that I didn't like in all of this was the way like it was touching i do like when vision's like well we've said goodbye before so and we've said hello again so it stands to reason kind of a deal. like all that and i felt sad because the kids were going to go away and everything but the moment it, i thought it was so clunk clunky was when where vision goes before i go i have to know what am i and she's like and she just rattles out the exposition of well you're the essence of the mind stone that was in me like from my and i'm like Okay, I I think I understand that, like, you know, not everybody is going to understand it, but I think it was implied that that's what it was. But just the way she unleashes the, the, the knowledge of what he is, I just was like, I thought this does not fit here in this touching scene, if you know what I mean. Uh, I was okay with it. Um, you know, I think so many people saw this as a little bit more heady of a show than it maybe actually is or was. So if you need to do a little bit of beating you over the head with the exposition on a piece like this at the very end, I'm fine. Right. I just think you could have had like Darcy explain it or something. You know what I mean? Like not actually tell the vision what he is. If right. I don't know. I just think there was another way to do it, but whatever, you know, and the, the townspeople end up hating Scarlet, which for what they, they did to her, she's like, they're never going to forgive me. You know what I mean? I did like that. And in the end, it's just, there's no, like, other than Agatha, it's, like, everybody's been talking. It's a, this whole uh, series has been about Scarlet Witch and her grief, which is an interesting take, you know what I mean? Like, to to do with the with the superhero. I, li- I like that. Yeah. So. so we got two post-credit sequences here. Mm-hmm. As Jimmy Woo, the FBI, are cleaning up the mess that S.W.O.R.D. had made. Um, and then somebody from the FBI shows up and grabs Monica and says, hey, uh, you know, we have some people that want to talk to you here in private about kind of what happened. Takes them into the movie theater in the middle of town. There's no people there. Turns out not an FBI person, a scroll person. Right. Says, I'm a friend of a friend of your mother's. Uh, they want to talk to you up there. And, uh. Looks like we have what Monica's next big adventure is going to be. She's going off into outer space uh, mm. to kind of fill the boots of what we saw in the Captain Marvel movies. Right. And maybe she'll run into Nick Fury, Joe. Maybe, since he's out there too. With the scrolls and whatnot. And then we get one more post credit sequence where we get like a big sweeping vista over mountains and rivers and trees. And we see Wanda, you know, just in her... Uh, her sweats, enjoying a, 
a, a cup of coffee, walking into the house, maybe getting something off of the stove. And as we pan by her, we see the Scarlet Witch in a room uh, going through um, the Book of the Damned, the Necronomicon Ex Mortis, uh, <laughs> trying to figure out what's going on in there. And in the distance, we hear the kids are calling to her. Yep, for help. I felt like that that was the astral plane version of Scarlet Witch. Kind right. Of like, which that, I didn't know if you, if p- people knew, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But I kind of like all that. And I was guessing that that was a, a like, in the mountains of Sokovia where she grew up, you know? At least that's what I think. Um, Sure, it doesn't really matter where it is, uh, but it is... Uh you know, where it needs to be, away from everyone. Right. So, all in all, Todd, what'd you think of the series? What'd you think of the se- the, the finale? What'd you think? What'd you think? I really, really liked it. Um, I, I was fine with the finale because I forgot to send you an article that I wanted to, where I saw the showrunners were saying, like, there's gonna be a lot of people underwhelmed by this because so many people had built up so many theories yeah, you know, like that. That it's Pietro. That it's Mephisto. And it's like, no. In the end, it's just a. After it came out, he's like, no. It's just a uh, a show about a hero and her grief. And yeah, there is a baddie, but it's not the baddie didn't create the situation and everything like that. And I'm, I'm like, overall, you know what? I'm 100% fine with it because did I want Reed Richards? Yes. Did I want other stuff? Did I want you know somebody all this stuff? Yeah, but I didn't need it because I think they stuck the landing on the show and um, boy did if anything uh, Disney and the Marvel cinematic universe took from actual comics is boy, do they know how to lead one thing right into another? Because now I'm ready for, you know, Dr. Strange and I'm ready for the Nick Fury show and I'm pumped for, you know, Falcon winter soldier. So good job, boys. You got my money again. Right, and obviously once we're in the middle of watching something like this, even beforehand, I do my best to avoid any sort of stuff like that. And it Mm -hmm. is tough to avoid everything. You know, I have and had every iteration of WandaVision muted on my social media, but Mm -hmm. stuff would still always slip in, you know? Right. Um, But, you know, in, in my own personal whatever... Any Marvel TV movie, whatever project that doesn't have Spider-Man and at least two or three of his villains is a failure, you know, but (laughs) somehow Marvel is actually able to put together good things without having Spider-Man and everything. I'm not Mm. sure how they do it, but they certainly do it. Um, I, (laughs) sorry. No, they do it well too. (laughs) Right. They do it well. Um, I like this a lot beginning to end. Um, Mm -hmm. it, I think it told, a great narrative. It was, uh, you know, a good mystery. There was a lot of fun in it. Like I said, it was very heartwarming. It was very touching. It was very different. And it was so, I think, outside of the box, what a lot of people would have expected at first from something that would air on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, and this getting to be the first thing sets the template for, like, here's what we can do. With a show like this, and I think we had talked off mic about this, saying that I don't think you're going to get the grief and the drama and the misdirection in Falcon Winter Soldier as you did here. Oh, no. Like we discussed, I think that's Falcon Winter Soldier is going to be so straightforward. It's ridiculous. You know what I mean? And it's going to be you can't do 
six one divisions in a row, mm-hmm. you have to be just like the Marvel movies. You know, you have to do you know a spy movie with this in it. You have to do a heist movie with this in it. You have to do uh, you know a, uh, a drama about a person's grief, but you tell it in the Marvel way, in the cinematic way. And I know there's a lot of people that are whatever their 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 hangups are in regards to the Marvel universe and the comic book stuff. I'm a comic book person. I'm a comic book guy. I love this mm-hmm. sort of stuff. So to see these things that I've read for the past 30 plus years, um, not only like created on the silver screen, the small screen, but done well, mm-hmm. um, is awesome. So do I have blinders on for a lot of the stuff? Maybe, mm-hmm. um, you know, when I see people say like, Oh, the ending was disappointing. And I'm like, I don't know. I thought exactly what it needed to be, you know? That's the thing. And I think the great part about this is, like you said, is like Marvel gets it in that they needed WandaVision to be nine episodes. And I don't feel like there was too much filler. I was on board right from the beginning. There were some naysayers. And I get it, whatever. You don't like it. Um, But all the way through, I didn't feel like I was bored at any point. And I like the idea that uh, Falcon Winter Soldier is going to only be six episodes. I'm like, if that's your story, then that's the way it should be. You know what I mean? And I look forward to it because I saw a trailer for Loki a little bit. And that looks like we're going to get back to it. And I'm not going to say WandaVision itself, um, the style of it. But it looks like the Loki thing is going to be really quirky and different too. So I'm, I'm all about having your WandaVision than having your straightforward espionage whatever story that Falcon Winter Soldier is going to be then do something weird and mystical with Loki then give me Ms. Marvel you know a young kid and the kind of the Spider-Man trope if you know what I mean as a kid I'm fine with it, it and and like you said they do it they do it well so I don't know if you, if you didn't like it you didn't like it but I loved it you know, from beginning to end. I had like few small problems, but otherwise I'm with you. It's great to see comics, like the stuff that I grew up on, just done well, like you said. So I'm, I'm in your. Yeah. You know, we, we live through uh, the, the David Hasselhoff, Nick Fury uh, TV (laughs) movie. We live through the Matt Fewer generation next TV movie. You know, we live through the trash. Uh, Let us enjoy this time where they're actually making, it may not be for you, but quality entertainment around these comic book properties, you know? Yes, the, people don't understand that we're from a time where you didn't get many comic book properties. When you did, they were usually terrible. Right. They were usually terrible, but we had to support them so we could get more terrible stuff in hopes that one of them would be good, you know? And then... Batman hit and that kind of changed everything. Right. You know, so. But I recommend WandaVision. If I had more time in my life, um, I would sit down and watch the whole thing beginning to end. I enjoyed it that much. Right. Yep. 